What's up, guys? Welcome to Spawncast. Uh, I have a couple people here with me today. Uh, actually, I'm pretty, we're pretty excited to have Dave back on the podcast for Super Metal Dave 64. Dave, how are you tonight? I'm outstanding. Thanks good, for having good, me. Good, good. Absolutely, man. And then we have uh, Philip uh, to the left of him with a uh, sweet copy of Mario Rabbids in hand. What's going on? Good to see you guys. Good to see all of you. Very nice to be back. And yes, I do. I have Mario Rabbids right here. Yeah, right there. Which is yes. incredible. It's cool. a lot of um, fun so far, at least the first world or so. Um, I'm excited to share my full thoughts with you guys come Monday. So Yeah, review going out Monday morning, right? Exactly. Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern. All right. So that's going to be, I'm going I'm to check that out myself because I'll have to go out and get it like, like normal folk on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, uh, of course, Max, braving the storm over there to, to, to be on the podcast with us. Yep, Dreamcast headquarters is definitely uh, being hammered by Hurricane Harvey right now, but we are weathering the storm nicely. Yes, yes. Yeah, the um, the uh, the Conor McGregor and the Floyd Mayweather fight is going on, but I think that's bottom of the card, well, top of the card, so we won't actually see that probably until like 11 o'clock anyway. So everybody in the chat talking about it. You probably don't have to worry about missing that until after the podcast anyway. So. Um, but yes, uh, so explain to us how, how it's been over there, because I'm sure people in the chat and on Twitter were curious about how it how it is over there. Oh, with the storm, uh, very heavy, 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 very dark. Even now, uh, outside my office window, it's one of those weird times where it's like the sky is red just because it's the super thick, weird storm clouds. So even though it's not pouring rain right now, it has been very inter intermittent. Uh, I'm in central Dallas. A lot of my friends are down in Houston, and they are literally being flooded out right now. So uh, a lot of them have actually fled up here and are staying in the area. Shoo, wow. man. Yeah, that's uh, that's something. That was still a Category Four when it hit, wasn't it? Or did yes, it and it's wow. it's it's crazy. To, it's just crazy to see. Jeez. Well, how how much did they say? How much longer it's supposed to be there for? Or? Um, I I think we're on day two of the four days, so it's going to be wow. dissipating. Man. It's I mean, hurricanes are slow, massive beasts, and this thing is lumbering on land at a snail's pace. Man, hopefully, hopefully it's gone soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay. So I I already see it happening in the in the chat um let's let's jump over to dave to before we get started and uh he had a few things he wanted to say about what's upcoming uh, i know he's already picked moderators he may want to announce here even um for his stream coming up but dave you can uh you can take it away yeah so basically I, I have a live stream coming up uh to be announced i'm waiting for a specific announcement first and I picked moderators. I got three of them. Um, one one of them is uh, uh, myvideogamenews.com, and the other guy is gamers uh, gamersplash.com. Um, guys I've known for quite a while. Uh, Gary Game On from uh, My Video Game News. I've known since 2005, back when we first started blogs. And Kevin Cassidy from Go Nintendo. We all were going going around doing blogs at that time. And I've known him for a long time, so I trust him. Basically, my my live stream, I'm I'm expecting to be a little bit con controversial, so I need to have uh, some guys in there to uh, <laughs> to keep things clean. I want a clean show, and um, you know, I I have specific people who are you know determined to uh, see me fail in life, basically. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you got haters, basically, and um, yep. <laughs> so. Uh, basically, you know, they're going to be, the haters are going to be upset is what I'm saying. So, uh, I need to have control over that. So mm, I'm looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> good, good, good. And then you have a, you have a video that's going to go up before then or after then? Cause I know you before. said you had a three part series, right? Okay. Before yeah. Then. I have a video before that. So I'm looking forward to it. And I know you guys out there, um, I apologize for, you know, it's taking a little bit longer, but, um, it's worth the wait and, um, just be a little patient and hang in there and we'll get, we'll get to it. And, um, 
no one's more excited about it than I am. So just hang we're in all, there. Uh, we're all rooting for you, Dave. We're we're yeah. super excited to see it, man. We're all like we've been talking about it the last couple spawn casts, just trying to figure it out. What is this mystery? It's been like the hottest thing going on right now. So I mean, so it, you know. it makes good conversation. But uh, again, I haven't said anything. So I'm um, I'm proud of myself in that respect. Um, you haven't. Yeah, you yeah. haven't said anything, actually. It's yeah. true. Man, <laughs> word. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so just just hang in there, guys. And let's, let's, uh, let's, you know, let's move on. Cool. All right. Very good. Cool. Very good. Good things coming. Something to be excited about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, did you guys, did you guys get a chance to check out Gamescom at all when that was going on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I tuned in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There was a, a lot of stuff seemed to be happening. Uh, announcements left and right. We got that, that, uh, that Ubisoft, we talked about it at last Spawncast, how um, there was going to be the Biomutant. Did you guys, you guys saw that, I assume, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. like thrown yeah. around a lot um, by uh, THQ Nordic. And uh, it looked interesting, but then I saw the gameplay and it looked okay. Yeah. And then we, we saw the new world for Mario Odyssey. Uh, Mario Odyssey won like every award there anyway. I, th I think everyone wants to play it, so it makes sense. Uh, but then we get some crazy stuff that happened around uh, probably the game that's been talked about the most this week, right, is Final Fantasy XV. It seemed like they showed up to that show with a ton of announcements for Final Fantasy XV. They had the uh, they talked about the PC version that's going to be like look perfect, like amazing. It's going to have mod support. And uh, then, of course, they, they dropped the bomb with Assassin's Creed crossing over into Final <laughs> Fantasy, which was just really weird. I, don't, did, I mean, did anyone even see that coming? Nope. Nope. No, everybody no. <laughs> in the Final Fantasy community was losing it. I would assume so, yeah, because it looked when I first saw it, I was like, "Wow, that's Noctis like running around like an assassin with like the because you can get the the garment and everything mm -hmm. um, unlocked." And it was just it's odd to see two companies like that work together because um, I assume that's good marketing for Assassin's Creed, which is a big thing for them since it's, it's a timed event. Seems like it'll be done kind of after Assassin's Creed initial punch happens. Um, and then I assume maybe there'll be something, I don't know, maybe there'll be a crossover where Noctis enters like the Assassin world in Assassin's Creed or something. I, I don't really know how that works. I you know, like, like we were saying uh, offline uh, before we started, I just hope it's not canon. Otherwise, you know, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Noctis Lysiam and I'm here to cleanse the world with bloodshed. Like, no, dude, no, don't do this. <laughs> Final Fantasy uh, 16, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> Assassin's Fantasy. I think it's a really cool um, idea for a mashup because I don't think very many of us saw it coming. No. Um, but, you know, I, I, I saw the gameplay trailer and it looks interesting. It looks cool, but you could totally see that they're really trying hard to, like, implement Assassin's Creed, like, platformy gameplay into what is just Final Fantasy 15, which isn't really a platformer at all. I mean, sure, you can jump around and stuff. But I mean, the trailer really tries to make you look like you're, you know, Altair or something like that when you're not, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's exactly, it looked exactly like a platformer. I was looking at that. I was like, this is supposed to be Final Fantasy, right? Because it looked just like uh, like Assassin's Creed the whole time. I love yeah. that, that screenshot they released, though, of, uh, of Noctis dressed as Altair doing like a falling attack on top of one of those uh, Magitek soldiers. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where... I like when a company's like, you didn't know you want to see this, but look what we're showing you. It's like, yay! <laughs> um, well, while we're on the topic of Final Fantasy, I will say probably the hottest topic that I've seen in like the Nintendo community, even in general, because it's a big deal for Final Fantasy fans, um, is the, the comments that were made by uh, uh, Mr. Tabata, Tabata about... Yeah. Uh, really, they, they seem to love the Switch, and then they talk about 
how they're developing for the Switch, but of course behind them, on the board behind them is the Pocket Edition, so everyone assumes, you know, connects the dots and is like, oh, the Pocket Edition is going to the Switch. Um, and then it's some people want Final Fantasy 15 to go to the Switch, and it seems like everyone has kind of like a, a, an opinion on this. Um, so let me let me jump around here because Philip, you made a video on it. Um, yes. I, I feel like Dave, if you were back, you probably would have made a video on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then um, Max, I already know you have some strong feelings on Final Fantasy in general. Yep. <laughs> so why don't I start with you, Philip? What do you what are you thinking here, man? Okay, um, so I know that this is kind of a very hot and controversial topic, so I definitely want to start out by saying that um, I um, I am a huge Final Fantasy fan. I haven't played all the Final Fantasies out there. Um, I have, you know, a couple favorites. Six was awesome. Seven is my favorite. You know, I'm one of those guys. But um, still, <laughs> uh, the point being is we haven't really, like, they haven't said in particular what... Final Fantasy game is coming to the Switch. Um, and m- in my video, my I made uh, an assumption. That's my assumption. You know, I'm, I'm sort of like giving you guys my opinion on these are the facts that I've gathered and this is sort of what I think is happening. And I'll tell you why I think that is so. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I would love to see a fully fleshed out Final Fantasy 15 game come to the Nintendo Switch. Like if it were up to me, that's the Final Fantasy game that we're getting um, if it's going to have to be a port and not an original game. I don't personally want Pocket Legends on my Switch. Um, <laughs> I'd much rather have, or Pocket Edition, not Pocket Legends, Pocket Edition on my Switch. Um, but I, you know, at the same time, I'd rather have something than nothing. Um, and I think it's a decent start, especially if they were already working on it. So, Yeah, and a uh, uh, shout out to Philip too. I, I, I talked to you offline a little bit about your video. I, I thought that was outstanding because you, what people don't understand is that Philip took the entire seven minute Q&A of that, not just a 40 second clip. People, that's what like Kotaku and the other sites were quoting was that 40 second clip. But the whole seven minute Q&A Philip was talking about in this video, it was talking about the pocket edition the entire time. So it made sense for Philip to, you know, assume that they were hinting at pocket edition. I can totally understand that. And um, in, in my opinion, um, yeah, they didn't say anything about what game was coming or anything like that. But they said they like the Switch and they're interested in something in that, you know, to look forward to something. They were thinking about something, basically. So it could be anything. It could be a spinoff. It could be a uh, it could be a port of Final Fantasy 15, maybe running on the Final Fantasy 14 engine. You know, you never know. But I, I highly doubt it would be running on the Luminous engine because it would be basically like... Uh, Reverse engineering, you know what I'm saying? Because that that game was made without the Switch in mind. It was made with PS4, Xbox One in mind. So they had no they had no idea about you know the Switch probably at that time back what 2013 or 2012 whenever whatever time they started making that game for the PS4. So for them to port that would be uh, something that would take quite a lot of manpower and money. And even if Tabata went out and said, yeah, we want to put Final Fantasy 15 on the Switch and port it. Guess what? He still needs to get approval from Square Enix, and it would right? have to sell well. And it probably wouldn't come out. <laughs> yeah. It probably wouldn't come out for like a year, year and a half. And by then, 15 is probably old news. Right. Yeah, like so, I, so, yeah. So I'm with, uh, you know, with John. Uh, uh, what he said in his video, uh, you know, I would like something like a spinoff. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the Final Fantasy 15 full, fully fledged version. I think a spinoff game or something in that vein, uh, originally made for the Switch, would be a lot better which is what I think we're going to get. We've seen so much experimentation with the Final Fantasy 15 brand just in the last couple months with 
the announcement of the VR fishing game. A lot of people forget that they already had that 2D brawler in the Final Fantasy 15 universe. What is it called? A Knight's Tale or whatever? It's like King's a King's Tale. Yeah. Yeah, a King's Tale. There's already showing that they really want to expand it and do more stuff, despite the like 10 cell phone games. So I fully, fully believe that we're going to get something that's completely unique and original, being a sequel or a prequel. I think it's going to be a dedicated Final Fantasy 15 spinoff for Switch. Yes, and then I, I think there's some, I think there's actually some backing now after IGN seems to have inadvertently confirmed this, or at least helped make it. It was weird. They seemed to come away with a conclusion that seemed incorrect. Uh, did, did you realize? Did you notice that, Dave? How they they seemed to talk to them about the pocket edition, and yeah. they seem to gloss over the fact that. Uh, so they've obviously had, let's say this, they've had um, Switch dev kits because I am Setsuno was ready for. Uh, that was ready for launch, right? I mean, that was there when the Switch came out. Mm-hmm. So they've had the development kits probably since last year. And when do you think they maybe started developing this mobile game? I mean, it, it doesn't look like they've been working on it forever or anything. It's probably maybe at the end of last year, maybe at the beginning of this year. Probably um, just, a year tops, yeah. Yeah, because they're going to release it at the end of the year. So they probably showed just enough to get people ready. And uh, they said in the interview, uh, IGN pretty much confirmed that the game is not set up to use physical controls at all. It's only for motion. Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, touchscreen. Touch. Yeah. yeah. There is no controller support in mind at all. Um, and he seemed almost, like, uninterested when he was talking about it. But they seem to have to find, apparently, according to him, they have to find significance as to why they would bring it over to the Switch. Because I guess they just don't see a reason to bring over 10 episodes that I assume you have to wait till all the episodes come over to just put it on a cartridge and put it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be easier for them, of course, to physically port that game over and just add uh, controls to it, with button mapping and everything. But um, yeah, it, it didn't seem like it was a, a high priority for them. So yeah, we, we, we don't know about that. But though, of course, uh, as these sites go, <laughs> they need to get that those, those clicks. So uh, oh, yeah. that possibility, he did say it's possible. So they weren't they weren't <laughs> lying. Uh, it just it's, he just said it wasn't a zero percent possibility. So that could be one percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people kind of forget. You, if you're really into Square Enix as a company, you realize that Tabata, for the most part, is kind of a mercenary of the company. They just put him on assignments, and he accomplishes them really, really well. But I think it just could be that nobody told him to. It may be that there's plans down the line to put it on the Switch or some version of it, but he just hasn't been told to execute that operation yet, so he just doesn't know what to tell people. So who knows? There's also a chance that he is, like, he could be an actual fan of the system away from work. Maybe he actually likes the Switch. Like, maybe he goes home and he plays the Switch, you know? Um, It's hard to say. I do think a lot of developers, Japanese-based developers, Japanese-based companies are becoming, or if they're not already fans of the Switch, just on pure sales numbers. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they are missing an entire system with the Xbox One in that country, so they are probably super excited to see another one pop up as that's, I guess, considered a home console. Um, To see another one pop up that they could potentially sell to uh, a Japanese audience. Like Dragon Quest XI will be on the PS4 and eventually will be on the Switch. So they will, I guess, sell that game twice to that same fan base there. Um, something they couldn't do with the Xbox One because there's, what, 81,000 Xbox Ones there? Yeah. <laughs> I think they did They did manage to sell 100 Xbox Ones last week, though. Amazing. Triple so, digit! Yes, yes <laughs> they got to that triple digit, man. They were always so close. They finally got there. Um, and, uh, I mean, we could also, I guess... Yeah, I guess we could also jump into sales numbers, too. Did you guys have any other closing remarks on Final Fantasy XV at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, that would have been the time, though, to announce Switch support as far as the game was concerned because they had all that stuff listed. 
that would have been the perfect time for them to say, yeah, we definitely have something coming. We'll announce it later. Or we have Pocket Edition coming or we have whatever coming to the Switch. And so that was just really vague. So if they do have something coming, they probably haven't even started making it. They're just thinking about it, is my opinion. They probably have it drawn up on like a whiteboard somewhere. (laughs) In all honesty, it's just nice to know that they're really excited about the Switch and that um, they do want to bring Final Fantasy in whatever iteration it is, you know, to the Switch. I think that that's really cool and that's really exciting. So whatever it ends up being, I just hope it's good. So, well, what would, yeah. you, what would you, let me ask you guys this before we finish on the topic. What would you prefer? Would you prefer a straight up port? Would you prefer something original? Or I guess I shouldn't even ask, would you prefer the pocket edition? <laughs> well, so personally, so uh, I'm a, obviously probably one of the biggest Final Fantasy fans in the world. I mean, I've literally beaten every single one of the games, even the super bad, super spinoffs like Crystal Defenders. Um, and I always liked the series of uh, Crystal Chronicles. People don't realize that they ended up releasing like seven Crystal Chronicle games, and they got progressively worse. I would love to see a revival of that concept, but call it like uh, Final Fantasy fifteen Crystal Defenders or something, since that is a big element of that universe, is that Noctis and his brothers are literally trying to stop uh, this guy from destroying the crystal and bathing the world in darkness. So we could theoretically have a canon uh, retelling of Final Fantasy 15, but in that style, and it would really maximize the multiplayer capabilities of this system. Yeah, that's what I prefer too. Um, instead of a straight port, because uh, you already have the Xbox One version that looks, you know, worse than the PS4 version, and everyone bought the PS4 version. So, a straight port uh, to the Switch, you know, it, I don't think it would do the game justice. I think if they made it specifically for the Switch and to its capabilities and reworked some stuff that it could be a lot better and more impressive and for the for the system they could change some things in the art style and everything and it'd be a lot better than of course the pocket edition so that that's what i think would be a better choice in my opinion Hmm. okay okay that's i think that's i think most of us want something other than the pocket edition i would love to see them expand on that story definitely yeah, that would be cool. I mean, anything in the 15 world is cool. It'd be nice to get an original thing for the Switch. You know, maybe seeing a side story like playing as Gladios would be really cool. That would be yeah. fun. Something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be anything major. It doesn't have to be a staple point game in the series. But, you know, as long as we get something, I'd be happy. I, w- I will say I probably will download the Pocket Edition on my phone or my tablet just to try it out. because oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It does look kind of fun, to be honest. <laughs> First episode's free, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I really like that art style. I can't really explain why, but something about chibi art when I already know the character is actually really kind of cool to me. What did you like? The uh, Did you like World of Final Fantasy? Yes, yes. I like World of Final Fantasy, and I liked uh, Final Fantasy Explorers, which is basically just Final Fantasy Dungeon Hunt. Uh, uh, Monster Hunter and same art style. Absolutely love that too. Oh yeah, now it was a good. I, I played it on the Vita. Um, I love my Vita, but I played on the Vita. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Max, you're one sub away from your seventy. I, I know. I actually have a live sub count here. I'm literally about to hit seventy thousand any second. <laughs> Whoa, I was going to Max to seventy k. Everyone, somebody, come on, somebody, one person. Do it. <laughs> somebody in the chat said said that, so I was like, oh cool. Wait, Max, I, hold I, your phone up to the camera. Hold your phone up to the camera. I, I will. We'll all enjoy. It's going to switch more. right now. We'll we'll see we'll see we'll keep keep rolling so I don't drag everybody to a stop but it's coming keep up here. Keep dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to point to the screen when that when that happens. I will I will I promise I'll do a dramatic pose. Uh, 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 there yes. it goes. There it goes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. nice. Congratulations. Holy Congratulations. That's huge. Dang. Oh man. 
<laughs> oh, now everybody's all right. Now everybody's subbing because I left it up on the screen. <laughs> Y'all are all fun. the best. Dang, holy <laughs> shit, that's so. I still, you know, I'll forever feel like that guy with 500 subs. So anytime I, I went to a bunch of conventions this week and a bunch of people were walking up to me being like, I love this show. And it's like, oh my, I'm that guy with 500 subs. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, who you call it? Who you call it was, uh, was bugging people in the chat. Shane. I meant to try, I meant to get him on the spawn cast recently. Maybe we'll try to get Shane back on the spawn cast next week. If he, if he's not busy. You got to tell him to bring that controller with him. Yeah. yeah, I keep I keep wanting to look at that all controller because I keep see, it's popping up everywhere in the news now. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. But, yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I he was he was on here talking about that a while ago, but it it looked good and the Kickstarter they crashed through that Kickstarter wall quick. Man, that was fast. Have you got a try, chance to hold it yet yourself, John? The controller. I haven't. I haven't. No, he's he's conveniently said it to everyone else but me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I, I usually take them apart, so I think there are people who are better. I'm not very good at reviewing items um, in general. I'm not good at making videos around that. Really, if you want it reviewed well, Shane, you should send it to Philip because he'll actually check it out and do some work with it. But I end up just taking <laughs> stuff apart pretty fast. So. Dude, I, just, I would uh, love to review that controller. That would be so much fun. Um, but uh, that's 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 uh, that's good stuff, though. So got got you to seventy thousand. That mean, dude, that means you're um you're thirty thirty thousand subs away from your your big goal, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm so excited. I, I want to do for seventy five thousand, which crazy enough may just be next month. I got uh, nearly nine thousand subscribers in the last thirty days, which is just freaking brain melting. So hopefully, when I hit seventy five k, I'm gonna finally do a room tour. That's some people have been asking me to do forever. Is actually like just get my camera and go through my thousand game collection here. So I'll probably do that for seventy five k next month. Awesome, cool, man. That'd be neat. That'd be neat to see. Um, <clears throat> So we talked about uh, we talked about Final Fantasy 15. Oh, Philip, I guess we should ask you before I forget. What are, what are your impressions so far on on uh, Mario Rabbits? Everybody so I can about this game. Yeah, I can give you guys What's your some... score. Score. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, I can give you guys some of my um, light impressions, I guess, of like the first two worlds. But um, I I was very interested in this game when it was first announced, and I was at the same time I was also very optimistic because I've never really been an op, uh, a huge Rabbits fan. Um, I just feel like I've been, I sort of missed that boat. I was always a little too old for that thing. Um, and also just the comedy itself, like the writing itself never really stuck with me. Um, their whole like slapstick comedy. But um, once, you know, they got in, into bed essentially with Mario, um, things got interesting. So, you know, to hear that Ubisoft is a part of it and to know that it's a tactical RPG, I know that we're all sort of like curious, what is it like? What is it going to be? Um, but for the most part, I'm really sort of satisfied with what I've seen in the game. The first two worlds are very, very um, vibrant, and there seems to be like there's a lot to do. Um, the game doesn't seem to be anything less than what, you know, it's been built up to be, I guess, in the press. So they're, you know, don't don't go in, I guess, overhyping it, and you'll uh, I probably be pretty happy, at least with the first two worlds, so. That, that's, a, that's a $60 game, right? It's a full price sixty dollar game, and it feels like a sixty dollar game. Um, so. so, so just but without you getting into too much trouble, I'm a person who's watched the initial gameplay reveals and done no research after. How technical would you say it is? Because it looks like it's a cool turn-based RPG, but just kind of break down without going too in depth and like getting right. in trouble. To be, to be I, fair, to be fair, I watched Game Explain stream like an hour of this game, Philip. So I think the preview uh, restrictions are pretty lax here. Just so you're aware. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm so like <laughs> nervous trying, yeah. trying not to get in trouble with it. Um, yeah. but um, because I really do, I'm super excited to tell you guys everything about this game. I, I really have so much to say about it. Um, but as far as like it from a tactical RPG standpoint, I think that it's definitely a game that will make a lot of people who are fans of games like XCOM who like to get really invested in their strategy and really think and plan ahead, um, I think that they're going to be okay with this game. I think that they're going to enjoy it. They're going to find something that they can walk away with happy here. But also somebody like me who I enjoy XCOM, but I'm not somebody who really likes to plan and get all tactical and strategic. I really just like to run and gun. And the game actually does allow you to play that way, um, oh, at wow. least in the earlier parts. Hmm. So it's not like super actiony, but it's quick and you can, and it's, as quick as you want to play it. And that's kind of like the thing that I've been noticing. The reoccurring theme is like, you know, I can go as slow as I want or I can go as fast as I want. It's really just about how fast I want to think about it. So well, that's, that's let me, awesome. let me ask you a question. How do, do you do the characters level up at all or do they gain like, um, is there like a skill tree? Um, well, basically the main currency in the game that I've discovered so far has just been coins. There's no leveling system. Hmm. Um, it's just gear. So you just basically are looking for guns and stuff like that um, and different weapons for different characters. So essentially you can find gear that's scattered throughout the different worlds. A lot of it's hidden um, in chests. Um, and then you can't, whatever you find, you can't equip it right there on the spot. Uh, you actually have to go and buy it with the coins that you earn. So nothing is just given to you except like your starter weapons. From that point on, you have to actually purchase everything. So it's, it's very, it's very, um, interesting it's a lot deeper it seems to be a lot deeper at least from what i've played so far than what, what i had ever expected a game like this to be um but at the same time i'm really looking forward to playing it um with my seven-year-old nephew at the same time so i think he'd be able to get it co-op right as well yeah exactly the co-op um i haven't tested it out too much but the co-op is there and it seems like it works pretty well just from the tutorial essentially that i played of it well what about the camera options Do they add more in the final version um no, not really. I haven't noticed any major real differences from the actual game from what I played at um, Comic-Con. I think the Comic-Con build was pretty much the final build. Mm -hmm. um, there was, if you did see my like unboxing video of the game that I put, uh, put up today. Um, Where you threw the game across the room? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I almost used a hammer. I almost used a hammer. I don't have that copywritten or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, what was oh, I, yeah, I didn't see her. I, I must have missed her unboxing. I see it here. Cool. There is a there is like a day one update, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, but it's it's very very small. It's like probably a, under a hundred megabytes. So whatever it is, is uh, is not that big of a deal. So because yeah, I know it was that, that game codename Steam on 3DS. You could change the like the camera angles and everything like that. So I wasn't sure if they added something like that in the final version. No, I wish I wish you um, like the camera controls don't seem to be as limited as I thought they would be. There are points in the game where you can't move the camera at all, but um, that's only just because I guess the game is trying to just help you play it. You know what I mean? Like it, there are points where you just don't need to move the camera and it makes sense and you'll understand it once you do see it. Um, is there, but is the, there no manual in this game? Is it just did they print it on the back of the cover art? Yeah, there's no, there's no manual. It, do, it does come if you pre-order with like a little code, though, for a pixel pack, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, and I never redeemed mine. So if you're fast enough, it's not valid yet. So once it does go valid fast enough, go redeem that. You can get it for free. Nice. <laughs>
There's no no manual though, man. These games gotta start including manuals. I was a little disappointed um, with that, like because it's a physical edition, it's a Mario game. You know, you would think they would have made a bigger deal out of it. It's in, it's insane to me that indie companies are like throwing in all these like stickers and mm-hmm. pins and all these amazing things trying to sell their games, and it's working and people love it. But then like you know, here's a big company with essentially all the money that they would need to do something like that. And they're just like, ah, the game's good enough. It's going to sell itself, I guess. <laughs> Dude, Ni- Nicholas is really good about that. The people who did uh, Binding of Isaac and Cave Story, they put mm-hmm. so much stuff in their games. Uh, manuals, keychains, stickers, everything. And then you see a company like Ubisoft who has more money and resources and they don't put anything in it at all. Yeah, yeah people really liked physical items, like especially like with retro games. You get you add something physical with it, man. It just it just becomes really mo- uh, most wanted, like like Dreamcast guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna grab a copy of Pure Solar. So I have Pure Solar. This thing is full of like inside the case is like 15 freaking things like stickers, uh, a humongous instruction manual, a like poster the size of fucking Egypt. Like, I love that kind of stuff. It's weird now that we're in a place where this is a modern retro game and games that are in retro style that are coming out by new companies, nothing. It's so yeah, weird. It's almost rare to get a physical copy now of smaller games, right? Isn't that weird? We're yeah. to that point where we have, to, we have to, like, petition because they use Twitter in a way to see how many people are interested. They go, hey, uh, you know, 10,000 likes and we'll make a physical copy and they see how many people are interested in it. It's very... Very odd times now. So, yeah, I, I was watching this video by, uh, what are they called? I, I can't remember. Um, it's the, the people who, like, animate. They basically make videos about what it's like to develop games, and they're really made to be consumable by anybody, but they're aimed at game developers. And they talked about sunk cost fallacy was this episode this week. It was basically about, like, as you're making your game and as you're introducing more mechanics and putting in new storylines, eventually you just hit this point where they're literally like, okay, Marketing says the game is done. We've calculated it's going to make $50 million. We've spent exactly $25 million on it. Just wrap up all the glitches and ship it out. And so companies are becoming so obsessed with that. A lot of times they're like, okay, cool. Literally, the box will be this much lighter, like this many cents times 10 million copies sold if we don't put an instruction manual. It's just, it's so annoying to me that like, the marketing guys and the executives are sitting in the office next to the artists and programmers. Wow. Not to get yeah. too deep, deep in the business. I like, to study, <laughs> I like to study the business of video games while I'm also doing the reviews. Oh man! So um, let's let's uh, let me let me talk to you. Since you, you talked about retro games there, Max. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about something that's frustrated everybody, including myself, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, the Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, yes. God. Uh, they- <laughs> okay. I, I've been, I've been ma- meaning to make a video for this, but again, I was. My whole day was taken up with the by uh, the retro wave that I'm trying to finish up. But mm-hmm. I was mean to make a video about this, about the whole Super Nintendo Classic thing and what Nintendo sees it as exactly. But it's uh, it's a frustrating thing right now, and I'm sure Max, you you even said you're not gonna probably not gonna buy one just because. Yes. It, you you so can go ahead. <laughs> my official line in the sand now is I will not purchase an SNES Classic until I can walk into a Target, see one on a shelf, and pick it up. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'm not going to deal with scalpers. My only rule now is if I can purchase it new, because I do believe in supporting Nintendo in this cool endeavor, until I can buy it new in any store, I'm not going to bother with it. I just feel like they're trying so hard to make it a phenomena and make it this ridiculous War of the Worlds cash grab. 
I just don't want to participate. It's it's burned me out even as a hardcore fan. I already own those games. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I was I was up at that time um, while I think you guys were sleeping on the east side, <laughs> or or John I, was. I was, I, think. I was asleep. Yeah, when pre-orders but, went up. But yeah, it was like ten thirty my time, eleven o'clock, and mm-hmm. it was like it was like oh they're selling them. Oh my gosh, you know, they're up. And literally like five minutes later, I, it was like within five minutes, I got the notification. So I went in there and tried to buy it. I got it into my cart, went to check it out. And it, it, it the site like crashed and I tried to refresh it. And the, then it said sold out. And mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? It was just, it was so, it was so unfair too. And then it, that was like on your guys' time, like two in the morning or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're gonna be able to reserve one, no problem, right? You know, two in the morning, sure, you're awake. No, it was just, it was so terrible. And then, you know, of course, we complain on Twitter, and I got I got a response from Best Buy um, on Twitter. I didn't even ask for one, but they tweeted to me and saying that how how sorry they was I wasn't able to purchase one or pre-order one. Um, too bad, basically. And I was just <laughs> like, well, what do you what do you expect? You know, you expect us to be awake at this time of the, of the morning and to pre-order something and no announcement either. No, I mean, if they announce something like at, you know, 6 p.m. saying, hey, they're going live 2 a.m., stay awake, <laughs> then yeah, I would have been ready. But I mean, this is totally unfair. <laughs> yeah, it would have been at least, it would have been at least decent of them to give us an announcement time or a pre-order time. Even Apple does that with their like new phones when they announce a phone. It's like, oh, be ready at midnight on this day. And then the whole, at least, at least you had a chance. At least yeah. you knew to wait. You know, and then at that point, you know, it's it's up in the air. It's the universe after that, whether your computer can open the website fast enough, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I saw this dude. This dude posted some video. I don't remember how I saw it. It was like a guy on Twitter, just some jerk was showing an algorithm he'd written where it automatically would click the screen. It would basically he programmed it so it would automatically do the seven clicks to pre-order it. And then he opened it up on like 10 tabs. So it was automatically ordering like seven uh, pre-ordering seven of the consoles at once, like type of thing of like this guy showed us his bot and how he bought like. Do you, seven you know what that? Do you know what that bot's called? We need pitchforks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's actually a pretty popular bot right now. I think it's called the Thai Dingbot. Thai Jin. It's yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, but it, this bot is uh, very popular right now, and it's a big reason why people are getting. You know how like a lot of people are going, like you said, um, uh, Dave, where you're going to order, you have it in your cart, and then it's gone while you're trying to punch yeah. in your information. Yeah. This bot is going in and grabbing them um, uh, from people's carts, essentially, because it's checking out faster than they can. Yep. And it's an issue with online stuff. I know two people right now <laughs> online that have seven of them pre-ordered. Yeah. Each. Each. Um, hey. And they, they've already posted half of them up on uh, eBay. I'm trying to get one of them to sell me one at normal price, but they're not going to. You know, what um, makes it hard is that you have to sign into your account on whatever site you're trying to pre-order first if you're not ready. And then by the time you get there, it's gone, you know. Yeah, but what's what's a shame is that the bot's weakness is one of the dumbest things ever, and they just will not incorporate it. And that's just a simple captcha. Yep. Are you a human or a robot? <laughs> yeah, like it's like you either type in five, you know, letters, and then everything's fair, or they just don't. But they don't care. They just want to sell them. So what, what do they care? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're just trying to get the fastest money possible. A friend of mine who's a YouTuber, and I won't say his name because I don't want him to get any hate. Uh, managed to pre-order four, and he was complaining they wasn't able to get a fifth. And he straight up he was planning <laughs> helping two of them for enough money to make uh, pay back the other ones. And I was like, I was like, bro, how do you sleep at night? Don't don't stay on a pile of money. He doesn't sleep. He pre-orders all night. <laughs> exactly. He just sits there being like, I'm gonna get all the pre-orders. Well, the guy, the guy that I, the two people I'm talking about, one of them usually buys iPhones. 
uh, because they would sell out when they first would come out before they'd be restocked right away. But people do people treat iPhones like it's like the second coming when they come out. Yeah, <laughs> at least mm -hmm. they were for a while. Like he made a lot of money, I think, on the iPhone five, um, like a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But uh, he's trying to take advantage. And the problem is the entry price for these uh, these systems are so low, like 80 bucks. How many how many of those can you buy for 400 bucks? Five of them. Yep. Um, and then you're, you know, that's less than the Xbox One X still, and you're gonna, you're stand to make a substantial amount. Since have you seen them on eBay? Yeah, <laughs> three to four hundred dollars for one of those things. Are you kidding yep. me? Well, and so, so what's really weird is if you actually look at the raw numbers, which nobody really is. Uh, in France, they announced the actual number of uh, uh, units being produced, and it was like three million. They actually said they produced more units in just France, which is a relatively small nation than they did in the totality, like just the pre-orders is 3 million, like mm -hmm. 3 million just for that, which is more than they ever produced in all of the NES Classic in that country. So it makes me think that we're probably going to end up with a couple hundred million units maybe produced. They're just being secretive about it. Yeah, here's what's going to happen. And this is going to be the funniest thing ever. I was going to explain this in another video, but I haven't had time to make it. So I've already explained about the Nintendo Classic because I looked at the wholesale sheet for that. And... Two days ago, I got to look at the wholesale sheet for the Super Nintendo Classic. So I know how much money these stores are making on the Super Nintendo Classic. Mm -hmm. um, are you ready for this one? They're making bank, right? They're, they're making, uh, let's say, your Target or your um, Walmart. Uh, they whoever, Whoever's selling it for 80 bucks is making negative $2 on it. Oh, negative. Yeah. They're making negative $2. Um, and the okay, so the wholesale price on a Super Nintendo Classic is seventy-seven dollars and fifty cents. That is how much you buy it for before shipping. It was the same Isn't way. That, okay. Go. It, it was the same way with the Nintendo Classic um, because I actually put an order in for a case of them at the store I was working with. Um, they they didn't give them to to us by the way because they were allocated and we were a small store like a mom and pop store. Um, although they had three stores, so I feel like they should have gotten at least a case. But anyway. Uh, they, they, we ordered a, a case of them, didn't get them, but what happened was we realized the whole point of the NES Classic was to drive foot traffic because it's at an all-time high, especially now. And uh, what's happening now is Nintendo did the same thing with the NES Classic. The whole point of the NES Classic was it was a very cheap way to raise brand awareness around the Switch's release time. And it worked really well. I mean, how many people who were like... Like, seriously, I saw, you know how many 50-year-olds came into the store that I've never seen before and all they wanted were, it was an NES Classic? Never <laughs> yeah. played games before, and they want an NES Classic because they used to play an original Nintendo. And it worked so well. I mean, honestly, the Switch launch, I know there's a lot of stuff that went into that, but the NES Classic helped with brand awareness leading up to that. And the Super Nintendo Classic is going to do the same exact thing again, except they will probably produce more units. But what's going to happen here, and I'm going to tell everybody now, do not buy from scalpers because this is going to be awesome. The, the scalpers are going to get burned in the end because I, I can tell you now, uh, we're going to see a lot of these in stores when it comes out. I'll be online. Uh, I, yeah, I have a strong feeling. Toys R Us isn't even doing online pre-orders, and I think a lot of people, if you don't buy from scalpers now and they're left with the system on release day, they're going to be very surprised with how many show up on stores. So what you're saying, uh, if, if I hear you correctly, is that Nintendo is charging these retailers more um, basically for these systems, and they're selling them at a slight loss, correct? Yes. Yep, but the NES Classic was the same way. What you do is you technically buy them for less, but then you have to pay shipping at most places. Like one of the most popular... All right, so the place we would order from... I guess I can say it on air because I'm not there anymore. Uh, we would <laughs> order from either Vast or we would order from Ingram. Um, these are two wholesalers on the East Coast, 
and uh, they would give us wholesale sheets. We get stuff all the time. I can tell you how much anything costs in these stores because I, I would look at the sheets all the time. Um, like for, for example, if you go to a store, they're going to make the most money on a controller or a headset. We made so much money on headsets uh, because people would step on them and then they'd go buy them. And that $20 headset or $25, $25 headset for an Xbox One costs us like 16 bucks. Yeah. Mm. Um, after shipping. So we would make like nine bucks on it. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the NES Classic, uh, new games we'd usually take close to a loss on because like uh, Madden was really expensive. It was always like $52. And then we'd have to pay a couple bucks to get it shipped in. Um, so we would always end up selling those at like 60 bucks. And then of course, Best Buy starts doing the 20% off thing. Anyway, uh, you end up losing money on it. And the whole point of it, which is the weirdest thing with the online stuff, because they're getting taken advantage of, is to bring people into stores. That's why Toys R Us does not care to sell it online. They don't want to. They want you to walk into their store. And that's been the whole point this whole time. But Nintendo just wants to raise brand awareness. And they don't want to put a million, millions and millions of these things in there um, mm -hmm. because they want people to still look for them. So they're walking this tightrope where they want people to still want it, but they also want them to feel like they can still get it. Because if you just are never going to see one in stores ever, you're just going to give up on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why uh, the whole GameStop and ThinkGeek uh, thing uh, that happened on the, on that day was uh, oh. was really telling. So <laughs> their site their site conveniently you know, was down, so you couldn't order mm -hmm. online. And they said, "Oh, but you can come into the store and pre-order it. You know, no problem, right?" And then ThinkGeek uh, conveniently puts up their online stuff, saying you can get it in a bundle for three hundred dollars with a couple pieces of crap, and uh, <laughs> you're good to go. Uh, gosh, <laughs> yeah. that was the worst, man. I saw that and I was like, "Well, yep, that's about right." And it was even worse because they still <laughs> sold out in thirty minutes. So it was like they literally put the most evil deal ever, and people were uh, still lining up. And the that. stuff, the stuff they were bundling it with was like on clearance. It's like yeah, old it was, stuff. It's it horrible. Was very Crash. obviously defunct stuff. And you know, somebody pitched that in a board meeting and got a promotion. Like, all right, guys, we're gonna get <laughs> around in that dumpster out back. And we're just gonna duct tape it to this gold, and we'll sell it. Yeah, there you go. Congratulations, you're not fired today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how convenient was that? I mean, I, these guys are like professional scalpers. Like, like I, I said yeah. it on Twitter. I'm like, you know, don't trust these guys to, you know, just go somewhere else or go into the store and wait in line for it. Just forget it. Yep. I mean, these are these are the same. This is the same company that magically found, you know, pallets of NES classics a month ago and did the exact same thing. Uh huh. Sure. Yep. <laughs> they just found them on the on the side of the street. Oh god. They're owned by uh, GameStop, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. GameStop yeah. acquired them a year or two years ago. Yeah. yeah. Sean Long did a bunch of videos on on, on uh, how it's very suspicious that ThinkGeek, you know, all of a sudden, you know, has all these Nintendo Switches and NES classics, you know, and GameStop owns them too. You know, it's just yeah, stay away. Dude, the, the, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, the shade the shady stuff that went on at GameStops was amazing. Like I said, when I worked them for them for a while, there was some shady stuff that went on there <laughs> involving yeah. people like district managers and all kinds of stuff. People way above me that would show up in their BMWs and stuff. It was uh it was something back then. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, it, I guess they're not breaking the law technically, but they're skating that really fine line. Well, they can't know? raise the MSRP, so they just <laughs> jam a bunch of stuff with it that they can yeah. raise the MSRP with. Yeah. 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 So it's it's amazing what they get. I mean, we we saw the whole Xenoblade debacle, the, mm -hmm. the, the like you said, the NES classics with the Think Geek, and um, that might have been why they bought Think Geek, honestly. Other than they're they're slowly dying, so they have to figure out which acquisitions would make sense for them to do. Yeah, um, it's, well, uh, I've got a, a source that is a, an account, like a high up accountant in GameStop, and he basically said that at this point, like there aren't talks about how long they can live. They're just at this point <laughs> trying to calculate what they can buy to live off of, because they're, I mean, they're just 
they're not the only thing they're living on right now apparently according to their own like public reports is nintendo sales like the amount mm -hmm. of people nintendo fans specifically prefer to go into a store and buy stuff physically and so because of it they're making a killing off twitch accessories twitch grips like mm -hmm. extended battery packs stuff like that is making a murdering for them shirts with zelda crap on it and so they're like all right just surround the entire circumference of our garbage with that and see if they'll pick it up with it well, it was very suspicious when they were saying, okay, we got five Nintendo Switches, come and get them real quick. You know, like, and then you see, like, all these, you know, uh, stocks, these pictures of stocks of stacks of Switches uh, in, at ThinkGeek. So something was interesting going on there, to say the I least. Mean, seriously, if I was uh, <laughs> if I was Toys R Us or GameStop and I wanted to, like, milk these Super Nintendo Classics, here's mm -hmm. ex exactly what I would do. I would take, all right, I have 40, 40 Super Nintendo Classics uh, here with me on release day. We're going to have a time, four times during the day where we'll have 10 go on sale. And you can hang out in the store or you can go home, but we're going to we're gonna sell them at this time of the day. And just keep know, people in your store walking around, looking around. And it's, it sounds evil, but man, would it work. <laughs> when I, when I, uh, the day before the Nintendo <laughs> Switch had come out, I decided I wanted to see if I could stand in line at the GameStop because they said they had a couple extras. And I was like, all right, I got the spare money. I want to see if I can actually buy one for a friend of mine. I'll go up there. Worst case scenario, I get to make some new friends with random gamers that are local. So I stand in line for four hours. There were already 10 people in line ahead of me, and they said they had exactly 10 units. So we stood there for like four hours being like, get out of line. Don't you look at that girl. That girl's hitting on you. Get out of line. Go talk to that girl. Like, it's just one of these words. The desperation that people get because GameStop is just trying to put any limited stock they can on the floor to get extra money now. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What was it? What, what's it? What was that for? What system was that for? That was for the Switch. The release of wow. Switch in March. They said publicly that they had uh, ten spare units, but they mentioned that about five hours before it came out. So, I guess the only eleven of us who had no lives and no work to do were standing inside that store for four hours soaking up AC. Believe it or not, I waited. I remember I waited in line for I want to say because I did it back to back weeks. Remember I waited in line for the PS3. I think I was in line for about twelve hours then. I <laughs> I, w I waited in line for uh, six and a half hours for the Xbox 360, and they mm -hmm. had seven units at a Walmart. We were like 20 people back, but we were still like curious. The guy at the front of the line bought all seven of them, and oh. then security walked him out, and we were all like, oh, we don't fucking no. kill you. <laughs> wow. Man, what's it? That, that was a 360? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I waited in line. We had the week, because the, the Wii and the PS3 came out like, week after week like week in the week um and i waited in line for both of them i think the wii was probably the craziest because it was 250 dollars, whereas the ps3 was 600 dollars at the time yeah um actually it was 636 dollars because maryland tax and um and uh that was something people had to like they had actual police for that one no police for the Wii though but <laughs> police for that one because people were there with thousands of dollars in cash everybody had a lot of money on them but yeah that was that was fun i actually kind of missed the, the the old line days where you had to wait in line like that i mean you kind of do still now but back then we'd wait in line for uh we'd wait in line for any any game that came out anything but not as much now it was fun. It was like a party back in the day, you know, like yeah. especially midnight launches and stuff like that. I remember the first system I ever waited overnight for was the PlayStation 2. Oh, I think wow. I was like 11 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Nice. My mom was with me. She waited with me. We waited all night long um, from like, I don't know, 9 p.m. until they opened up in the morning. But I got one and it was like the only kid that entire year in school to have a PlayStation 2. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but they were like so hard to find. Yeah. Um, and then the Wii, of course, I camped out for that as well. But I don't know. I just remember the PS3. That that one was insane. That was like the most insane 
launch, I think, for a PlayStation console that I've seen. One of my favorite midnight release stories ever is uh, the midnight release of Halo 2. So me and my friends up to that point had actually been doing Halo 1 tournaments and earning like hundreds of dollars. So we were like competitive Halo players. So the release of Halo 2 was like this almost spiritual event. There was this mall next to us it was that a was like big deal. I remember it, this. Yeah. yeah. So we literally drove up. My friend had a van and we were literally sitting like the back of the van was open. We we're having like our own Halo tournament outside this GameStop while waiting for it to come out. It finally, like, wait till midnight. We finally happen, and we walk in there, and my friend gets, like, the one copy we're all going to share because we're all so dirt broke, and he's like, let's just look at the disc, and he opens it up, and he's shaking so bad. The disc pops out, lands on the ground, and starts rolling towards the drain. Oh, no. All oh. stove on top of it, like, it's my baby. <laughs> Like that was a, dude. That was a great game for people to share because you know, that yeah. that massive split screen, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those times you realize, like, oh, am I pathetic or the coolest geek ever? I can't really. T- I'm definitely laying in a in a filthy parking lot with a Halo disc in my hands. <laughs> I think we're gonna be waiting again for SNES Classic in line. Yep. Uh yeah. I need to make sure. I, I need to make sure I get that on release day too because I have to take it apart. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure it's the same board that's in the NES Classic. I'm 100% like sure. Yeah. yeah, on the back, if you look at where the ports are located, and the even the HDMI port's still upside down, just like the NES Classic. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, same you, settings, too. Yeah, do, I mean, it doesn't need to be any different. It's uh, it's already set up to emulate Super Nintendo games, pretty much. Did you did you guys get an NES Classic? Yeah. No, I never got I, one. I mean, I got mine from Nintendo. What? You got one? Oh, man. It was, so what's funny is that when I got sent it, I knew huh. I actually I kept the paperwork because I sent it with all this paperwork, this like real official thing of like, this is our, our new ceremonious retro system. And uh, I got it. I ended up giving it to my friend's son. Her, my friend's son was looking for it everywhere and couldn't find it. And I thought they wouldn't be that rare. So I was like, all right, I'll give you this one. And when they come out with more. So now, of course, I've never found another one. But when <sighs> I got it, wow. I, uh, I showed it to a friend of mine. I was like, this is going to be the hottest item in all of the Christmas season. It was like, whatever. Because they sent it to me like a month early. And uh, well, I guess I was right. Wow. I, try, I tried to get one a few times, but I gave up. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. Yeah, they're still like selling them for way overpriced. I I've tried ever since day one. Never was able to find one just for a flat fee. And then also that I totally missed on the SNES Classic as well. Like, and I'm so devastated about that. I'm with Max though. Like, honestly, I'm just kind of at the point where I'm a little fed up, and um, yeah. I just feel like you know whatever at this point. Like, I'll just I have those games anyway, so I'll keep yeah. my money. You yeah, know? I managed. To, I managed to get an NES Classic from someone on Craigslist for like a hundred bucks when it was at like the height of its popularity. So, I just caved and bought it because it was like people at the time were asking two fifty to three hundred, and this guy was like, "I'm just trying to get rid of it. It's hundred bucks." So, yeah, me personally, I'm really determined to get one because uh, I want to play Star Fox Two. Yeah, and they Star changed, Fox they too, changed some things uh, in the uh, in the game too, so mm-hmm. I, I have to have it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wait in line for it. Yeah, it's, they, you, can, you can tell right away because they have different translations. I have a feeling there's a few different things in the game that are different from... That's why it's under embargo so heavily right now. I think there's some differences later on in the game mm-hmm. that uh, that's different from their beta version. So, yeah, so uh, they, they were mean enough to do that to us, so uh, I'm going to have to go get it. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's... Um, and it's, uh, it's uh, People have the... I think they sent out the Super Nintendo Classic from... Um, I feel like they they sent it out for the people over in Europe, but I don't think it went out to anyone in the United States. Does that sound right, or do they have it over? Hygiene uh, has their impressions of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know big yeah big outlets have it for sure, right? Well, I, I think yeah. they they just got to go to a special event and spend two hours alone with it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, is that how Cause, it worked? Okay. Because I mean, I, I just went to QuakeCon and I managed to do a thing where I got to play a full hour of Evil Within 2 and that doesn't come out for months. They basically like took me into this special dark room that had all this spooky, scary stuff and this giant movie screen that basically explained to you what was about to happen and they warned you like, okay, you're going to be this part into the game and you're going to find these weapons and then you just get to play like a solid freaking chapter of the game. And nice. they do that a lot, a lot of those events. Nice. That's awesome. Well, that's why I figured the people, because uh, all the ones I see on YouTube are like, from like regular YouTube channels, are like the European model. I figured they handed them out at Gamescom. Yeah. Was well, what I, I thought happened. I think you were just allowed to use because if you look at so much of the Game Explain put up like 50 videos, but they're all like 90 seconds long. They're like this. I think that literally they probably set them up like there was probably like a Nintendo attendant who was like, all right, you're allowed to do whatever you want, but you're only allowed to play this much of each game. So they probably just played like, like five minutes of every game and then cut the most interesting 90 seconds together. Mm, Sounds gotcha. about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all right. And, I wouldn't send yeah, me one. And, Nintendo. <laughs> no direct feed either. Off screen only. Yeah. When I was, <laughs> uh, when I went to go get that handheld footage of Skyrim, they were so adamant about not having more than 10 minutes of Skyrim footage on my channel. Right. On the Dude. entire channel, if I have it any, if I have ten minute and one seconds, like my channel is getting deleted, so, basically. <laughs> I, I just got to play uh, Skyrim VR. This is like the first time oh, anybody cool. in the public just got to play Skyrim VR. They were so weird about it. They would not let me uh, tape the screen. They wouldn't let me take pictures of the screen. The weirdest thing of all, though, they would. They had this giant like thing. They gave you like a form before you played it that explained the controls, and it looks like a freaking flight manual because it's so complicated. Since you have all these giant uh, PlayStation Move controllers, they would not let me photograph that. I specifically asked them like, I want to make a video about this. Can I photograph this? And they're like, No. You can take a picture of the sign that says Skyrim VR. <laughs> All right, so I have a picture of you with the Skyrim VR sign, and I had to play it for twenty minutes. It's like, dude, I need cool. to start. I need to start going to conventions or something here, man. Jeez, I don't go to any. I need to get like a microphone with like a spawn wave sticker on it or something. Yeah, <laughs> or asking people questions. Just walk up and just ask questions to them. Yeah, well, so yeah, I mean, I went here and uh, I I just emailed a. Uh, uh, QuakeCon, since it's like across the street from me, and I said like, hey, I'd really like to go. I'm a press person. I got a million views last month. Can I come as like an official press person? They said, oh, yeah. Uh, We're also doing like a special press meeting upstairs. Would you like to be in on that? And I was like, yeah, I know. Sure. I don't know what that means. And uh, freaking Shinji Mikami turned out to be the the creator of Resident Evil, and now Evil Within was just there. So it's like, hello, God. It's so nice to meet you. (laughs) Along with, I got to just like, stand and talk to the director of Quake Champions for like 30 minutes. And I can't really talk about what we were talking about because it was definitely off record, but it was just really weird to talk to all these people who are making all these giant games and be like, hi, I am nobody, but I really like playing your stuff. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I might I might try to get out of pa- to maybe PAX East or something. That's not till next year, though. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. What are, there, are there any other big gaming conventions that, that happen like in the fall? I don't know of any. Not really, mm-hmm. since everybody's gearing up for actual release season. TGS okay, that, that makes Japan. Japan. Oh, sweet. Actually, I do want to go to Japan, but that seems like that's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, also, I, my biggest fear of going to Japan is that I would get lost and no one would be able to speak English to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From what I hear, a lot of them speak English in Japan. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Well, good. That's what I want to go. One of my best friends is a, is a banker, and she speaks perfect Japanese, so I keep trying to, like, like, just come with me to Japan so I can't be horribly killed somehow, please. I'll just starve yeah. to death not knowing how to order food. <laughs> Japan is a place I would love to go, though. I would love to visit there one time. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, it's weird about that, that uh, footage that you're allowed to take sometimes. Sometimes they don't care, sometimes they do, and they're really strict. And, and it's good to have someone else with you, though, to just record behind your back, and mm-hmm. kind of, you can kind of distract the person next to you in case there's a, an issue. <laughs> you can always get that footage. Yeah. You always got to bring a buddy. I yeah. may have done a, done a little of that anyways, but uh, who knows? There you go. <laughs> just in case. In the, in the chat. No, I've actually never been anywhere out west at all either. So I've never been to, like, California or anything either. E3, man. you got to come next year. Yes. I'm, I'm going to make, a, I'm gonna make a, a, a serious effort to get out to E3 as an actual, like, let me behind the scenes person. I promise I won't break anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was talking to somebody, one of the big press people I was talking to uh, at that thing said that E3 is actually upping the hell out of their standards. And they're saying something about, like, next year, the only people who are going to have behind the scenes access at E3 are people with a, over a million subs. They're, Whoa. like, really dropping. I know. I didn't believe him. Like, yeah. I kept being like, not a million views a month, you mean a million subs? So he said, yeah, they're really trying to up the ante. Since there's so many YouTubers now who are over a million subs, they don't mind putting this strict thing. That way there's only 200 people behind the scenes instead of thousands of people behind the scenes. So, so you're, I, you're telling me you're telling me, uh, 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 Jake Paul could get behind scenes, but Game Explain couldn't? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but... That's the whole. That's the whole weirdness. This game explains since they're so tight with Nintendo, they'll mm-hmm. probably get an exclusive thing. But in general, the behind the scenes pass where you actually get to sit down and like record early gameplay and like you yeah. know, for this year at E3, the people who had like over a million subs, they actually let them see an early version of Beyond Good and Evil Two. Apparently, it's like a pre-alpha demo they showed them. But like people like us, we weren't allowed to see it, or they weren't allowed to even film the screen. They were allowed to talk about it. So I don't know. Hopefully, someday all of us will scrape together our subscribers and get that big. I, I, are they going to allow the uh, public to come back again next year too? Have you heard anything about that? I, I'm sure they will. I heard they made a lot of money off that. So even though it's screwed over a lot of content creators, they made money, and that's all their. That's what it exists for. When I was uh, when I was there, they had like already dates showing for the next year and stuff, where you could buy your tickets or get ready to buy your tickets and all that stuff. Yeah. So see, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I still think if I had that microphone with a spawn wave sticker on it, you know, the official looking ones, I think they'd let me backstage. That's that's like all you need is that. That's your ticket. You don't need anything else. Yeah. Maybe I should make it look like a hammer. That'd be funny. That's why, I always, dude. I keep my business cards on me all the time. I'm gonna cover up all my vital information. But I feel like as soon as I get out a business card that actually has a name and a face on it, all of a sudden I actually can get past a lot of security that way. Just being like, "Hello, I'm Max Shockley of Dreamcast guy. This is my hat. I had custom printed. I'd like to play your game." And no more that works. <laughs> oh, dude, your face is on the business card. That'll work. Yep. Yep. Nice. Um, oh yeah, okay. So let's uh, let's let's jump over to the green team real quick. Did, did anyone else get a, an Xbox One X pre-order? Uh, no, nope. I actually did. Was it just I me? Oh, okay. I was say, it was just me. No, no, no. <laughs> I have one pre-ordered. Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. I'm excited cool. about it. Yeah. Yes. Did I you, want to um, see what all the fuss is about. Just me kidding. too. Me too. Well, I got to take it. I got to take it up. I'm probably gonna turn it on to make sure it works, and then just turn it right back off. Take yes. it apart. Yes. <laughs> turn it on first this time, please. But they announced it's the most pre-ordered Xbox in history. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Is it? And they discontinued their original Xbox One. Mm-hmm. You cannot buy that anymore. It was, um, a, it was a VCR, anyways. I think it was. I, I think it was time to cut that off personally. Piece of furniture. You know yeah. what's interesting? Um, <laughs> you know what's really interesting is yeah, it, it was massive. That was actually one of the best built systems internally. A lot of people don't actually know this. That was actually a really well-built system inside, uh, minus the disk drive. The disk drive had some weird issues. But it had so much space in there that everything like had like its own apartment inside. <laughs> uh, like, like the power supply uh, was external as well, so it left this big hole in, inside. So everything was so comfortable in there, and there was so much airflow. But if you remember, that thing was quiet. Mm-hmm. That thing was silent. 
What's, what's interesting, though, um, I'm, I'm starting to be a little bit more impressed by what I've seen uh, lately uh, from Gamescom. Uh, Xbox One X, the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, that looks really good. Like, they really improved it. The visuals yeah. are almost as good or even better than the PC version, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, something I wasn't expecting. Now, Digital Foundry said they're going to do a whole thing on it when it comes out, which is fine. Uh, but I was a little – so I, I like the visual aspect they're going for because obviously it's a very powerful system that like consumers who don't want to build a computer or spend $1,000 on a computer can buy and use. But they still have this issue right now with their their exclusive uh, content. Mm-hmm. Like um, did you – you guys saw their, their – um, did you guys watch their conference – um, yeah. I did some streaming for it, so I, I watched all of it, uh, which is good. Um, the Oh, the Mayweather fight shouldn't start for, I think, another hour. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch it, too. Don't worry. Um, uh, people in the chat are, like, asking me. Uh, but I watched it, and there was that Jurassic – you guys saw that Jurassic Park builder uh, clip yeah. came up, right? Yeah. I was yeah. positive when I saw it the way they presented it, that it was an Xbox and PC exclusive. And then we find out it's PS4 also. Yeah, and, um, yeah they like to do that. And the other thing is <laughs> uh, the language – that is coming out around player unknown battlegrounds makes me realize that it's probably going to the PS4 also. Oh really? I didn't hear anything about the PS4 version. They are very, very uh, uh, hesitant to call it an exclusive. Yes. And it sounds like it's going to be a timed exclusive. Well, and and do you see where that person managed to get like a direct? They had like one of the main the main PR woman, and they're tweeting her, and she's directly replying, and he, the guy's like. Just for clarification, it will only exist on the Xbox One and PC. And she's like, we're happy to work with each console that we're being available. And it was just like she would not, like, would not agree to that. It's like, okay, cool. Got you. Got why, you. Why would the most popular game in the world right now sign their life away to just one company? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Why? Why? Well, Microsoft yeah, would have to pay a lot of money to get that exclusive. Yeah. Right. And Microsoft's really good about greasing the palm enough to get early access, but you basically have to agree. Like, you're basically asking somebody to fall on the sword for fun if you're getting exclusivity. Because <laughs> missing out on over 60 million units that could possibly bind your console is insanity or buying your game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that game would sell a lot on the PS4. I, dude, I was tweeting about it. I, I haven't really played that much. I've played like two matches ever of PUBG. But if that comes to the PS4, I'm going to be playing it nonstop. Evan uh, Evan was playing it. I think he talked about it a little bit on the last Spawncast. He like played like for a night, and the next day he sent me a message. and was like, I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um, not for everybody. Yeah. It's, well, it's definitely a fun game to watch. But he said that like he would shoot a, f- a person and then like he would walk for twenty minutes. <laughs> he would shoot a person, then yeah. he would walk for twenty yeah. minutes. I, uh, I I love that meme and it shows Homer Simpson like in the Simpsons and he's just peeking his eyes out the second floor window where he's clearly like watching his neighbors and it says <laughs> PUBG Game of the Year 2017. <laughs> Am I dead yet? Yeah, I mean it looks like uh, I mean it's a fun game to watch. Like I said, like I'll watch people occasionally on stream just play it because I don't know what to do in that game. If I bought it, I don't have it right now. I've been thinking about it on the PC, but I just haven't had time to play it. Um, it looks like it's a lot of fun, but I think I'd have more time watching people play it. Like that is actually a game that if they ever took it into like serious competitive play, like a big esports thing, I think it would actually do all right because even people who don't watch video games probably understand what's going on. Yeah. They're tr- they're trying to right now. So uh, I, don't, I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I ended up running to a bunch of people at uh, QuakeCon, and I, I had like an hour-long conversation. People are trying to set up official tournaments because right now there's unofficial ones, and apparently they have a really broken scoring system where it's just how many rounds you survive. So they're trying to restructure it so it's more about kills. 
That way, when you're watching it, it's more entertaining since people are being encouraged to rush towards the center of the map. Instead, like tournaments right now, the unofficial tournaments are a bunch of people just like crouching behind cars for 45 minutes crying. <laughs> it can be kind of boring sometimes, I'll say that, because eventually people get really conservative in that game, especially when people start to drop and they're down to like, you know, 30 or 40 people. They become very conservative and it can get kind of boring at that time, yeah. I played it for the first time like a week ago. I actually downloaded it on my computer. I just, I had to. I've been watching so many people play it <laughs> on YouTube and it looks like so much fun and it's a lot of fun to watch to play. So I was like, oh, I, I have to try it out myself. And um, I'm terrible at it. But <laughs> um, I, I can honestly say that like those moments though, where you're having like one-on-one -on -one firefights with people, like, yeah, there are those like pauses and breaks, but those moments, dude, that's worth it for me because it's so intense. And if you die, it's over, there's no respawning. So I think that it's cool that we're just seeing new styles of multiplayer games. I mean, sure, we, it hasn't been like, I mean, we've, we've seen this attempt before, I guess, in the past with other games, like large scale multiplayer battles. But I think that the way that this one is executed in particular is pretty well, and it and the game itself actually seems to run very well if you I, have a decent machine to run it. So yeah, I, I think we're about to see a bunch of copycats of it. I've seen so many developers whispering about it here and there, and apparently there was a bunch of behind the doors closed talk or behind closed doors talk at E3 this year of everybody being like, okay, we need to make this. It, it was like when it was on the verge of exploding. So I think we're about to see a big wave of copycat like. Uh, multiplayer only one life shooters. Yeah, basically like a new Counter Strike third person game. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um. So okay. So Philip, you pre-ordered one. I pre-ordered one. Uh, are you two? I, I should have asked. Uh, Dave, are you just like holding off on the X? Are you just gonna wait and see, or are you even just not interested? Well, in it? I wasn't really. I'm not really interested in it currently. But um, I know. I like I said. <clears throat> the more I see of it, it looks a little bit. It looks a little more impressive the more I see of it. But I. Currently, it doesn't have any, any games I want to buy on it, though. So it's kind of like it needs That's the, the problem, game. right? Yeah. <laughs> you're buying yeah. a promise. That's yeah. what you're buying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you saw you saw Crackdown. Obviously, was delayed. Did that? Did you look at that and kind of shake your head? Or me? Yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. I just forget it for now, at least. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, the one game that I'm actually pretty excited for on that system is Cuphead. Uh, I think that game looks awesome. Like yeah, the art does. style is great. Did you see? Um, did you? If you watch that stream, they did a whole thing where they talked about how every single frame is like hand drawn and everything, mm -hmm. and that's what's taking so long. People are asking why it's taking so long. Well, when you have to draw every single frame by hand, it's going to take a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man, that game looks so good. But it's coming to the PC, so I don't know which system I'll buy it on, the PC yeah. or my Xbox One. It's it's, it's weird. Yeah, because <laughs> because Cuphead's going to be out. Uh, like I'll probably get it on my PC because. Cuphead's going to be out uh, end of next month, and the Xbox One X, I won't have it yet. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I, I'm excited. For, I hope it's successful. Those guys have been working on it so long. I think their dev costs are astronomical. And at this point, it's such a small install base, unless the yeah. PC community really picks it up. That's what my fear is right now. You, I put that on Twitter. I'm really concerned with um, because it's held on the Xbox One. And uh, from what we've seen, the Xbox One community gravitates towards shooters, Madden, and uh, I think the other one was hockey, I think, NHL. And survival games. They are stuff like any of those survival games that get put yeah. on Xbox do sell and end up like the ones that have microtransaction do make a killing. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It is play anywhere. So if I buy it, it's crossplay anyway. But um, my, my big concern here is, uh, well, there you go. I'm only going to buy it once. Never mind then. That's, that's another problem. I actually might have bought that game again on the Xbox One X just to see how it plays. Uh, 
the the big problem is it's I just don't think that community on the Xbox One X is going to really embrace Cuphead like it needs to be embraced because it's not going to be a full price game. I don't think, right? It's going to be like a that's probably like a twenty or thirty dollar game. I think I it'll probably, probably be forty just because they okay. want to maximize their money. But if it's over that, we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> but uh, like even like Dead Rising Four never got to a million. Uh, a unit sold, and that was on the PC and the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem, right? I mean, that's Final Fantasy 15 did not clear a million units on the Xbox One. Yeah, which is um, which is crazy it, because that is one of the most successful day one Final Fantasies in the West ever. That's because right. it sold 4.6 million or so on the PS4. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the marketing for it was done on PS4. You know what I mean? Like, it just goes to show you the power of marketing. I mean, yeah, I know we yeah. we've talked about it a lot, but there are a lot of people out there that thought Destiny was a PS4 exclusive game just because of how badass Sony is at their marketing. They do yeah. an amazing job. They make you feel like it's their game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Microsoft could learn from that, uh, but they need a game first, I think. So, let's get a game, Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Well, <laughs> getting better at it. Yeah. I think they're hoping that Anthem becomes their new, like, uh, their new Destiny. But that's the problem. If they, if they like, let's say Microsoft, they put all this marketing for Assassin's Creed, right? Like Assassin's Creed, they have that on lock. They're marketing that like crazy. Um, what happens if they put all this money in the marketing and then the PS4 just outsells them anyway without any marketing? Oh, like well, uh, well, they still need the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> I don't know. Well, They're going to battle for these third parties with half the user base, and that's not easy to do. Even more than that, what freaks me out is the idea of, the companies that end up doing all their advertising on Xbox, even when it's cross-platform, and then ends up selling lower because people think it's an exclusive. And so all these millions of people who have a PS4 don't even bother pre-ordering it or even asking a GameStop employee about it. So then that would create this extra bad stigma for developers of do not advertise on Xbox or you're literally signing your own death warrant. Right, hmm. right, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, the system looks good, at least, the X does. Uh, it looks like a, a system that they put a lot of time and effort into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to come out at the end of 2017. I mean, it's almost into 2018 when it's coming out. What happens if Sony announces the PS5? It's going to be early, but people have said maybe it comes out 2019. What happens if they announce it at E3 2018 and try to do that year-and-a-half jump like the Xbox One did? Does that then make the X kind of kind of mute like a, like mute like the PS4 Pro has kind of been like that for the past year where everyone's like, well, the X is coming anyway, so. Yeah, I mean. I, it, I don't think Sony's going to announce the PS5 for a little bit. I don't uh, think so either. I don't but, think next year is time. But, you know, if they do, yeah, of course, that's undercutting, and they're, uh, Microsoft's already uh, having a hard time in the first place, so. It would be even worse. <laughs> it, it would be the ultimate boot in the butt. I mean, it would instantly take away all their steam. But I, I don't see that either. I, it's fun to think about, but I think Sony seems pretty smart about the idea of, like, the PlayStation 4 is just selling so freaking well. The regular one. Yeah. Just clear the road. Like, I've always liked that phrase. Just clear the road and see how far that truck can drive. Oh, well, also, you got to think, too, they haven't re- they haven't announced a release date for Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us 2. Uh, you know, those games are still on the horizon. Um, True, so. but to, to, to be fair, we were saying the same thing about Last Guardian back in the day on the PS3. <laughs> yeah, but that's a little bit different. I mean, yeah, I can, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's a good point. I do think the PS4 has been around for a while. Really, Sony doesn't need another system until the PS4 sales slow down. They really don't. Um, even if the Xbox One X is the strongest system on the market, it doesn't really matter if the PS4 outsells it every month. It's interesting too. The sales have actually been increased year over year for PS4. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and in Japan too. 
Um, yeah. They've been doing really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna slow down that as oh. far as software is concerned and keep pumping it in there. Let me pull out the let me pull those up real quick. We can talk about the sales in Japan very quick. Um, I actually had it up and then I and then I closed the window out. Um, did you I, you saw the sales charts in you for Media Create, uh, Dave? Oh yeah, I posted every Wednesday morning at about six thirty a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I look at them every morning when I wake up to uh, on Wednesday um, just to see to see what's what. Um, but I did see that the the Switch had a drop, uh, but the PS4 and the 3DS pretty much took over Japan um, that uh, that week this past week. But uh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, the Switch dropped oh, yeah. by like sixty five thousand over the previous week. That was crazy. Let me see. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. The yep. So the PS4 thirty four thousand, uh, 3DS thirty four thousand. Basically, they were they were within margin of error almost, but the PS4 was over the 3DS by like I don't know eighty or so ninety. Um, and then the Switch was 22,000, the Vita 5,000, and the Wii U actually outsold the Xbox One at 151. That's weird. <laughs> the PS3 actually outsold the Xbox One at 110. But the, uh, it dropped off. I have a feeling there is some stock going on for Monster Hunter Double Cross, and that might be why they did that. They, they must have like a thing geek in Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's that's awesome. Um, Monster, Monster Hunter definitely has to have something to do with it because if anything, that's just going to drive sales. You know, people are people are so excited about that coming to Switch over in Japan, so much so that people over here are buying it. You know, from over there. Yeah, so. yeah, it jumped to the number one eShop title quick, like right away. Um, but still, they have to have enough systems out there. I do think if they have enough systems, like I think honestly, if they push enough systems in Japan, they could probably sell. 300,000 units easily in a week with Monster Hunter. I know that sounds crazy, but they probably could do it if they, if they try. I mean, how many people line up for Switches every day? Um, yeah. Well, it's hard to say because the, the pre-order data for that game for a Double Cross on Switch isn't very good from what they're saying, like 100,000 or something like that. So it's mm-hmm. hard to say since it's already sold through its initial yeah. run on 3DS. So That's a good it's point. It's hard to say, but I, I do think it'll be number one when it, uh, next week again. See, I'm not a big Monster Hunter person, but I understand that the the, the the buying power of that game is very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as is Dragon Quest Eleven. Dragon Quest Eleven still at the top of the charts, by the way, in Japan. That game is uh, closing in on three million physical copies already. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that insane? And that's between the PS4 and the 3DS. The 3DS has still sold more, but the 3DS also has a lot more, uh, a lot bigger of user base over there. But yeah, um, and it just shows like that there are certain franchises that are popular in America, but are still just juggernauts. Like Dragon Quest has always just been a titan of a franchise in Japan, and this is just proof that even now, still killing it. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that insane? And it's gonna be real interesting when it comes out over here. I don't think it'll do as well here, but still, it'll it'll do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll be very curious to see how the Switch numbers are when it comes out on the Switch in Japan. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think it will release in parity here. I think it'll come out Switch, PS4, um, 3DS all across the board. But uh, it's be interesting when that Switch version comes out in Japan. I assume late is that coming out later this year, or is that next year in Japan also? They haven't announced anything about the Switch version. Man, not even a thing. So- not even a release date. No screens. Nothing. So we don't know. That's weird. I mean, they could just randomly announce it one day, you know. But it's you feel like we should know about that soon. Oh man. That's interesting. Um, I mean, we're missing dates on a lot of things. Project Octopath, no date. I desperately want to see that game. Um, have, have we we've seen been, any more? Have we seen any well, more Octopath Traveler since that teaser? I don't no. think so. Have we? No. They also I mean, announced next year. Uh, Jimagami Tensai game on Switch that has gone completely, you know, 
Yeah, what? that disappeared too. Maybe these are all things in a direct coming up. I don't know. Um, I don't know. They could be saving a lot of stuff for Tokyo Game Show though too. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. that's coming up. So I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of Project Octopath Traveler there, especially because Square is, you know, heavily supporting the Switch now, obviously. So like we're going to see that. I think, you know, maybe some new gameplay videos of it. Maybe we'll see some Dragon Quest or hear some Dragon Quest news there as well, since obviously it's the new hotness in Japan or the old hotness. It's been going okay. on forever. Well, let's uh, let's. This is I keep seeing this pop in the chat. Uh, you guys saw the Secret of Mana remake, right? Uh, oh, I yeah. I heard about it. I didn't have a time to really look at the trailer. I heard the trailer is great though. Uh, it's okay. So the visuals, people are on either side because the visuals do kind of look like uh, like a lower budget game. Yeah, but it, it needs to be on the Vita as well. People need to remember that it needs to be on the Vita and it needs to be on the PS4. So mm -hmm. you're going to get Vita level graphics that are smoothed out really nice and put on the PS4. Uh, but it's interesting because a lot of people are a little confused with Square right now, specifically Nintendo fans are. But I, I like the idea of it going to the PC also. I think that's be really cool. Um, but a lot of people want Secret of Mana fans want Secret of Mana two to show up, which they keep dancing around Secret of Mana 2 leaving Japan. They're remaking the, the entire first one before we get there, which is weird because they could just translate the second one and bring it over. Um, but a lot of people are confused as to how Sony kind of wound up with that one. If, if you look online, people were really confused as to why Square kind of, I mean, they, they made the collection, right? They haven't done anything with that over in the West or anything. I mean, you guys have seen the collection, I assume, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like that's a game that I think I, I I think everyone on this podcast will probably buy that game. I assume, right? Yeah. I think you guys. Yeah, that totally. Game. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. See, I think a lot of people would buy it, but a lot of people are confused, and I think it's pretty clear what happened. Sony obviously um, bought some kind of exclusivity. Uh, just basically, they they that's the thing right now. This is very interesting because Sony controls Japan for the most part right now with their PS4 system. Um, and when they go to Square and they say, hey, look, you're releasing a, a Japanese-based game. Uh, there's 80,000 Xbox Ones. How many of those do you think will sell? Oh, 10%, so you'll sell 8,000 copies, if that. Well, how about we pay you for you know 3,000 copies in the Xbox One and we make it exclusive for us in Japan? Um, and then they go down the list. Basically, they, they, they try to estimate, they go back and forth, they negotiate, and they come out the other end with this game only on the PS4. I think a lot of people are just confused why they didn't look at the Switch at all. Mm -hmm. Well, personally, uh, my just my opinion, I, I don't think uh, that they would need to do that with PS4 because uh, they already have such a stranglehold on the market. Like Sony doesn't really need to buy exclusive third-party games right now because they already are the top dog, you know, and they have all their first-party games and everything. So, and if it's already if it's already coming out on Vita as well, the game was probably in development last year before the Switch even was announced in the first place. So it could be one of those Capcom things where they, they were like, well, you're not getting Mega Man Legends, you know, collection either. Or, or, or DuckTales, or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Afternoon Classic. So yeah. who knows? I don't really think Sony really needs to buy the exclusive, exclusive though. They don't, they really don't need to. They have, they have the control of the market. It's sort of, the graphic style from the couple screenshots I saw really looked a lot like, uh, uh, the Final Fantasy One re or the Final Fantasy Adventure remake they did on Vita last year, which was yeah. the original. They called it Adventures of Mana. It was technically like the first mm -hmm. uh, Secret of Mana game, and so it makes me think that they may have just taken that part of an engine and they're just building a new game with it. And so since it's already 100% built to work on Sony systems, they didn't even think about like floating that towards Nintendo. Well, let me mm -hmm. let me ask you this: Is it is it dangerous when one company is this strong in the in the industry that where they don't even have to go out and buy exclusives that the companies will just fold to them 
and they don't yeah. have to do things like look back at crossplay because Nintendo and Microsoft are playing nice here with my Minecraft um, to where they're going to do crossplay. Rocket League will do crossplay between all these systems, but not the PS4 to these other systems because Sony just doesn't want to do it. Um, I mean, is that dangerous to where we're, we're to this point where, oh, the PS4 is a great system. Everyone's really excited. Everyone's buying it. And now we're to a point where we realize, what have we done? <laughs> Sony is able yeah. to just do what they want that may not be in the best interest of the consumer. Well, yeah. uh, my, my, my thought is that Sony, had, like I said, has control of the market, right? So uh, why would they want to partner with Microsoft and Nintendo to put games you know, cross-play and get their advertising on their PSN network? They have no reason to do that. Like, uh, if they were getting like uh, spammed on Twitter, like with their own PSN users saying, "Hey, let's get Xbox on our system. Come on, let's do it, Sony." Then they might think about that. But since they're not doing that, they only care about you know their 64 million consoles sold. They don't care about uh, putting Xbox or Nintendo with them. So it makes sense from that that standpoint that they wouldn't uh, even be interested in in negotiating. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, Sony could just be like, we're on top right now. We don't really need to associate ourselves with any other companies. We don't need to make any real deals with the competition or anything like that. Um, whereas Xbox or Microsoft and, and Nintendo, they're sort of working together to kind of knock out the giant, you know, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's what you do when you're sort of the underdog. You build a team and then you take out the guy on top, I guess, so you guys can share all the loot, right? <laughs> but, I mean, it just goes to say that that like this this is proof that competition in the industry is healthy like we need multiple companies building consoles you know making games and being successful and that's why i want the xbox one x to be successful because i don't want you know sony to just be monopolizing the entire industry i think that would be really boring and sad yeah, yeah. well i i do think that it could be possible and i'm just throwing out a wild card here but it does seem like we could have a weird scenario in the next five years where um Microsoft goes third party and then we just start having a console war which is just switch versus PS4 for the next generation and literally just end up a huge chunk of the third party like we're going to have these new battle lines drawn and half the people are going to go join uh, uh Switch and just start making exclusively Switch games and half the people are just going to join PS4 and it'll it'll be a weird new battlefield. Mm, that That's would be to say, yeah, because uh, like you know, Sony will obviously come out with their new system probably in at least at the most three years or two years from now to twenty twenty yeah. or something like that. Yep. And uh, then we don't know what will happen after that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, we, but we we do need competition, and Sony's dominating the industry, so we do need somebody to step up and you know yeah. hit something. Yeah, well, here's I mean, here's the best thing Microsoft can do, and I already pointed this out. If I was Microsoft, every week I would bring up that I'm trying to establish crossplay because I'm trying to help the consumer. And you know, big bad Sony isn't isn't playing nice, and they don't care about the consumer. But we really want crossplay, so we're going to keep trying, and uh, you know, because we're the good guys. That's exactly what I would do with Microsoft because. The best thing then is that well, it works, and Sony caves and does crossplay, and then hey, all of our Xboxes can play with all years PlayStation, so it doesn't matter which one you buy. Might as well buy that Xbox. Uh, or yeah, the, the problem with uh, the problem with Xbox right now is that they have so many issues on their own that they got to figure out first. That you know, for them focusing on crossplay, I think they need to get those exclusives going uh, mm -hmm. first and get their attention on their brand, and then really, really push that crossplay. In my opinion. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just. That's just a leg up they have. They have a leg up with that. They have a leg up with the fact. This is something else they need to really do. They need to go back and say, hey, you can play every single Xbox generation on one box. Can't do that with Sony, but you can do that with the mm -hmm. Xbox. They should make that more apparent because, again, when I worked at the stores, no one knew that you that, that the Xbox One would play 360 games. No one. No one knew. 
um, because they just don't aver- you don't see any commercials, you don't see anything like that that say, hey, it works with all of these older games, and yeah. it's weird. Remember when those official numbers came out and it said 2% of everybody who owned an Xbox One ever actually put an Xbox 360 <laughs> game in there, which is crazy when you think about it. all the millions and millions of units. There's there's theorized to be 35 <laughs> million units, uh, Xbox Ones out there. So maybe a million people are like, oh, what the hell happens if I do all? Oh. <laughs> I think people just like knowing, you know what I mean? They just like knowing that they can. Like, are, are we really going to play all these old games? Maybe once in a while, but like, you know. Mm-hmm. Just cool to have that as an option, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's more value for your money when you buy a system. You look right. at it that way. Like you right. could say, I'm never gonna use an ultra high def Blu-ray in this Xbox One S, but it's nice to know it can do it because that PS4 can't. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? Just something right. like that. By the way, I looked at prices on those things. They're still like two hundred dollars for one of those things at Walmart. So um, that's actually a pretty good value for for that on the S. Wow. I was uh, I was standing in line uh, next to this guy while I was waiting for Skyrim VR. Uh, it was like an hour and a half wait, and I was standing next to this guy, and we ended up talking about Mech Assault. We were talking about our favorite original Xbox games, and he was saying that if the Xbox One really does end up starting to work with all the old uh, original Xbox games, he would buy one today. So I feel like that's that's a message I wish would actually reach the ear of Microsoft, so they realize the importance of being yeah, make the one the all-in-one console, and people will be lining up again. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to be very curious because apparently the Xbox One X is the best-selling Xbox One, right? That's what they said. Like it's like it's sold out so fast, it jumped ahead of um, it jumped ahead of the PS4 Pro on Amazon. Uh, what yeah. that actually means, who knows? Because there's no actual numbers involved. It's just like apparently it's a mixture of like numbers sold, uh, really uh, how many sold in a short period that like changed the charts around. So you can't just say it has you know this many more because it's like 20 spots ahead. There's there's a lot of factors to go into that. But it looks like there's interest in a very expensive system, an Xbox One X, uh, more so than really any interest has been with Microsoft in the past year, I'd say. Uh, but the money they put into marketing that thing and, and in general bringing it up constantly, really sacrificing almost a year of sales, if you consider that, mm-hmm. to get to this point. Because the Xbox I, One, it, that thing definitely started to bomb. I mean, it, it's lost MPDs to, to the Switch at this point, um, which does have that supply constraint. And uh, it's it's interesting they're willing to do that for what probably will be about a year and a half of sales with the Xbox One X before a PS5 is at least thought of and announced. It actually lost to the 3DS. Oh, God, that's right. That's right, because it fell out of the top three. Oh, no. (laughs) This could end up being a smart gamble, though. I mean, we've seen companies before, and it's a daring move, and it's really crazy, but occasionally just to be like, okay, all the old marketing is really bad. Like, do y'all ever remember there was a really famous campaign that Papa John's did at one point, or Domino's? Do- Domino's did a famous campaign at one point where they went, our old pizza sucked, but our new pizza is great. <laughs> and it actually worked. By them joining the forces with the consumers and agreeing that their products sucked, they actually got fans back on their side, and the company is now making a hell of a lot more money than ever. So maybe Microsoft needs to be like, you remember that original Xbox? All right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I tasted that their new pizza. It doesn't taste as good anymore. Still, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the one guy who thinks bring back the Dookie on crust. Did they? Did they even? Did they even change it, or did they keep it the same? No, I, I think it legitimately. I think they legitimately changed it around. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even change it. I would have just left it the same and just said we changed it. <laughs> <laughs> With now half the cheese. Yeah. Right. Oh man, that's great. But, you know about Xbox One X, uh, X is that uh, I think a lot of the original owners of Xbox One were you know looking forward to this system since 2013 because they knew that PS4 was more powerful since day one, 
and less expensive. So now they have a you know something to go to and maybe upgrade to. So I think <clears throat> it's the most pre-ordered Xbox ever. Microsoft says so. Those I think the fans are excited for it for Xbox fans. It's also very um, telling to be the most powerful console on the market. Yeah, you know to be able to say that. Hi, we're Microsoft. We have the most powerful console on the market well, right in now. The, in the universe, you know? that's what they say. Just, just right. really blow it up, I, like seriously. I, I, right. I'm like getting the mic real close and being like, <clears throat> the most powerful console of all time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. They like over sensational. You know, there's like put this big sensationalist act on where they're like. But you know, that's what it feels like they're kind of riding on, and and it makes sense for like the Microsoft audience. They've always been a very powerful console. They've been a console that's been always aiming for the best in performance and you know it was a honestly very surprising for me to find out that the PlayStation 4 was going to be more powerful than the Xbox one um, when when those two like you know were announced basically together um, that was shocking and so like to hear that you know the PS4 Pro exists and the Xbox you know like they they made that half generational console step or whatever it was very unusual then even more so for them to double up on that power so mm -hmm. like microsoft needs to take that back or at least they feel like they need to take that back and their core audience i think does appreciate that they like the power they like being the most powerful they like having 4k graphics and all that stuff so believe it or not actually it actually surprised microsoft also when that happened because mm -hmm. uh they were supposed to they were both supposed to go with ddr3 and then sony cut this deal at the last minute with samsung and got gddr5 in there yep crazy well, it was pretty yeah. funny <laughs> i think the biggest mistake was the was the uh, connect adding the connect in there uh, oh, taking yeah, some of the processing bad. power away and oh yeah well, and remember the always online requirement before launch there was a rumor we never got truth behind this we have no idea how realistic this was but there was a rumor that apparently nintendo actually or sorry nintendo uh sony and microsoft met each other and they were talking about both introducing an always online system and they both had all these schematics so they were both like okay we're agreeing that this is what the next future is we'll both just kill off used games and then they walk out on stage and microsoft's like all right, who's got lube? We're gonna do this, and then Sony's like, "Well, look at those losers!" Like yeah. Sony apparently just like tricked him <laughs> at the last them. second. <laughs> it it like, worked. I mean, it worked. You know? Yeah. Well, even remember they had that video made. Like, we're gonna show you how to trade PS4 games. Mm -hmm. It shows two CEOs handing a disc, and he like, just hands oh. the disc to him. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> but I mean, you got it, dude. You got to play dirty when you're behind, and and at that time, people people might not want to admit it. Sony was behind. Yeah. Um, going mm -hmm. leaving the PS3 generation, which they wanted to get out of the generation fast. Uh, it unfortunately it went on too long. Um, they were losing that generation. Even if people say, "Well, the PlayStation Three did well at the end." Yeah, but yeah. It, it's when it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That was when you saw Sony really needing to push that money for for exclusives. They were really trying really hard, and it, it paid off with PS Four. People just gravitated to that. Yep. They yep. Say, so now it's now they want this. Now Microsoft is the one that wants this generation to end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's our it's our turn to hit the eject button. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, it's weird. I, I, I said this. I honestly think it sounds weird, but I think Microsoft is going to introduce the next generation before Sony. Like I think they will come out with another Xbox because they'll be like, well, it still plays all the old Xbox games still. I mean, I've I've heard people saying the Xbox Two, and I swear to God, that's what they told me it's called. The Xbox Two is apparently done internally, but consoles are usually done internally years before we actually see them. Like. Uh, when they launched the PlayStation 2, they already had a working prototype for what the PlayStation 3 would become like seven years later. Mm. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. But um, yeah. 
the, first I, of I all, they, they, they need to get better CPUs in these new systems. Yeah, people people argue with me all the time that the CPUs are fine. I'm like, no. they're laptop CPUs, man, like low-end <laughs> laptop CPUs. And I'm like, that's why they have so many issues with, like... Bottlenecks. Yeah, bottlenecks are, exist. That Xbox One X has a severely, like, severely bottleneck GPU right now by that CPU. People don't understand. That's why they built DirectX 12 directly into the system. Mm -hmm. um, it, it needs it. Um, and that's why Destiny isn't 60 frames on the consoles. It has a powerful enough GPU, but their physics-based rendering really taxes that CPU. Um, and that's why you don't even need a very powerful GPU in your computer. A GTX 970, for example, which is older now, runs apparently will run it at 60 frames destiny 2 so which i'll find yeah. out by the way because we're gonna be playing some of that right philip yes we are gonna that's, be checking out that pc beta right yes max yeah, the amount ready? of yeah go ahead go, go ahead dave you're fine man. well i was gonna say the amount of the amount of draw calls that they are, are in today's games going to the cpu is is really really high so like these old cpus from 2013 that they're modifying for ps4 and xbox one x they just, not, just don't cut it anymore they have to upgrade eventually yeah, yeah, definitely. They don't even have to. It's funny. They don't even have to upgrade to rise or Ryzen or anything like that. They don't have to do that. They just need to do it a better one than they have now. Yeah. Um, people are like, put Ryzen in there and put a Vega GPU, and then okay, are you going to pay a thousand dollars for it? Or <laughs> they could uh, do that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, just build a computer, right? <laughs> um, um, but I, are you are you playing Destiny two, Dave? The beta PC? Uh, no, I have not. No. Oh, are you are you going to? It's um. When is that, Philip? Is that next weekend? August 29th. 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 Sweet. Next. Oh, three days. Nice. Nice. Day and a half. Two days. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I should check it out. Yes. Yep. I'm going to be playing it, too. We're, we're actually going to try to, to record some of this. That'll be fun. I still got to try out the Call of Duty uh, beta, too. You guys have oh, been playing you know, it. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, actually, Max, are you going to be playing De Destiny 2 beta, or are you already done with that? Uh, I did the Destiny 2 beta on PS4. Uh, okay. And man, I have been playing so much the Call of Duty beta right yes. now. Yes, I played Call of Duty as well. I did a I did a really weird let's play where I also uh, recorded temperatures for some reason. But I've actually had that temperature probe hooked up to my PS4 Pro for about a month now. So <laughs> it's a uh, hot one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, you could hear it's really funny. Um, I had my lapel mic on. You could hear the PS4 Pro blasting away the entire time of that gameplay. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. It, once it gets to about seventy degrees Celsius, that fan. Like kicks up big time, and it always rests there during gameplay. That's why your fan is so loud in those PS4 Pros. Um, wait, do, do, you, do you guys have PS4 Pros? I yeah, have I one, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you notice the fan get loud in that thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. That's why. I, 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 I took the Uncharted 4 challenge recently, and I beat the, the game on Crushing um, last weekend, and the system sounded like it was going to blow up. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the I'm way. I'm like, man... <laughs> When Rocket League first came out, it wasn't very well optimized. I remember like, that. And, and remember, it was the menu. The menu for some yeah. reason tripped your fan for some reason. And so, in my review, it's the only time I've ever done this. I actually put a <laughs> thermometer on my console. You hear it just like, <laughs> I was like oh, that's not did good. You hear, did you hear what their suggestion was for that? What? What? They were like, they were like, point it at the ground. Don't point it at the crowd. <laughs> they were like, point <laughs> it straight down at the at the ground. Don't don't look at the crowd in the menu. <laughs> that's, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, that'll fix the fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was hilarious. But yeah, so Call of Duty. Um, I've been playing it. Max, you've been playing it. Oh, uh, yeah. Phil, did you get a chance to play it yet? I am so curious about it. I haven't okay. played it. Cool. But I well, want to hear your impressions. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, is it, do you guys think that it's like, is it a copy of Battlefield, you know, one? Is no. that is that the vibe not, you're getting from it? It doesn't look like it. Not, yeah, no, not at all. all. I would say not in the slightest. Like It reminds me of like, 
kind of World at War, I guess. I guess yeah, I that's playing. good. I love yeah, World at War. That's it cool. Is, the weirdest thing to me is it is super serious, even in the multiplayer. I guess that's kind of what caught me off guard is like, I've grown so used to uh, being able to slide. Like, you can't slide. Of course, there's no jump jets. Like, nope. when, you, when you press, like, the slide button, your dude just, like, throws himself on the ground, like, nazis. Like, it's super serious. Uh, but along with just the body motions, uh, guns feel heavier. Something that actually kind of caught me off guard is I grew so used to, for the last, like, 10 Call of Duties, when you leveled up in multiplayer and play that, like, you're the man. Like, that little music not that's all gone now instead it just like shows it up like congratulations you're not dead yet bitch <laughs> it's like super serious but i kind of like that i mean i've put a lot a lot of hours into the beta so far it's so a lot more graphic isn't it there's like blood and like yeah. uh gibbing um yes yeah some, a little, little bit i, I yeah. think i i think I, I think someone lost a leg when i shot him one time wow Ooh. yeah i mean you'll see a little bit i i also feel like uh it seems like maybe the graphics are I, it's, they're not the graphics, good. Yeah, they're not good. Not good. I'll just be honest. They're not good. I, I don't understand why. It's weird. I think it's like, because the, I, so I was talking to some other people about it. I think because it's the beta and they kept wanted to keep the download size small. I think we're dealing with low resolution textures right now. Yeah, because yeah. Did you notice how literally like uh you know the one map where you're basically like in the trenches, like the trenches map. You mm -hmm. can like look at the wood, and the wood like doesn't have grain. It's like no. it looks like just stacked up uh, Legos almost. Even stuff off in the distance, it almost looks like there's like this. Um, I don't know. It's almost like there's. It's it's like haze. a like a like a layer of haze. Yeah, like haze. And I, mm -hmm. It just doesn't look very clear far away. Maybe they're going for that gritty look. Yeah, well, um, which is weird because uh, right off the map, like where you can't get to, there's always crazy stuff going on, and that's super high resolution. There'll be like bombs going off and planes flying over, and that all looks great, but then stuff on the map will look like, you'll see like a bunch of stuff that's supposed to be gravel, and it almost just looks like a mud slope. It's it's weird. So, well, like my, all right, so <laughs> I, my favorite Call of Duty, I guess, at the time was uh, Modern Warfare 2. Mm -hmm. uh, back when it was more realistic, I uh, realistic, you know, to a, to a degree. Uh, but I didn't like when they started going into space. I didn't yeah. like when they. I think they started alluding to things like aliens. Um, yeah. There was a lot of stuff I didn't like as they went forward in like ghosts and all this other stuff. Um, and what ended up happening was like, for example, I bought my PS4 Pro from someone on Craigslist for super cheap, and it came with Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I popped it in. I played it for 10 minutes and I popped the disc out and I was just like, nope, and just like threw it into the room. I was like, nope, not playing this because <laughs> it just, I don't like the feel of it. Now I'm playing this new Call of Duty game where it's based in World War II and it feels like what I, what I remember Call of Duty being, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just a more, it's not realistic, obviously, but it's a, it's more realistic than jumping off the walls, shooting someone with a crossbow and then throwing like an electrical ball at somebody. Would you say a lot more competitive nature of the game too? Good, good. Yeah. good. It's good. I, I think the hardest thing that took, because I've played a lot of Call of Duty, like I, I always try to be the best of any game I play. So I end up really like studying it and trying to figure it out. And the hardest thing for me to get used to is there's no footsteps anymore. And so it's really weird when you run around, you can't hear people like normally you can like hear someone like outside in Call of Duty that's gone in this one. And it feels it feels weird. Well, they may put that in a final game, though. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, the footsteps should be should be uh, louder in this because we're running around in heavy boots in like yeah. rainwater, like with mud and everything, you know. Yeah, or or the like the there's a the new game type they're introducing is called War, and it's basically like uh, they're like multi-steps objectives. The main one here is basically like you're trying to bust through this house. The first one is basically blowing up this house, and then a tank pulls up, and you build a bridge. Like that's like checkpoint number two, and you have to capture a series of checkpoints in order for this tank to destroy some guns. And it's like a multi-step invasion and you take turns being the attack and the defense. And it's so cool looking, like so much of it is cool, but then I kind of get taken out of it, the fact that like grenades will go off, but it doesn't, like normal Call of Duty's will have the thing where a grenade goes off and it'll do at least like particle effects, like woods breaking next to a door. Nah, nah, everything just looks like a normal explosion. There's no footsteps, no matter what I'm running on. It's, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to. Wow, that's kind of surprising. I mean, I guess it's a it's a closed beta or is it a pre-order? Yeah, this, beta? this is the the private beta you, where you pre-order. You have it. um, uh, Philip. Do you, who's your internet provider? Um, AT and T. Oh, it's not Comcast. Oh, okay, no. it's funny. If you're a Comcast uh, customer, you can just get a, be a beta key from Comcast. What? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, so I got Comcast, so I guess I'll get that. So, oh, actually, oh, let me check. Hold on, Philip. I might actually have an extra key for you, dude. Oh, dude, nice. I didn't even think of this. So, uh, let me see. Thanks, man. Overall, I feel like I'm complaining on it. Overall, I really do love it. I've put a lot of hours into it. Somebody did point out the thing I hated most, though, in chat, which is the freaking kill streaks are like impossible now. Like everybody dies so fast, and uh, there's no longer any auto aim. Like normally, they used to have this thing called sticky targeting, where like if you are, if someone's running and you're like following their shot, it'll like lock on them just a tiny bit to help you get that shot. That's been removed. So getting kills is a lot more skill based. So if you need like eight kills to drop a bomb on the map, it is incredibly difficult. So because of, there's almost nobody, almost nobody ever has a kill streak ever. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess they're trying to appease more of the competitive crowd, I guess, yeah. which is which is nice. To me, it sounds more like a return to form for the series or, yeah. Yeah. you know, which is nice. I think that's refreshing. That's what what it needed because it just was moving so fast, you know, so quickly. Yeah. And we all just got a little tired of it. So it's it's nice. Yeah, the way, the way I described it in my impressions video is that the previous ones were starting to feel like laser tag. It felt like little kids running around like, tee -hee -hee, and now it's back to being like, you want to see a man die? It's like a little Dude, it, was, it, it was It was little kids running around doing that. No well, we already have Star Wars Battlefront coming out. We yeah, exactly. Right. Right. We're calling yeah. it in space. Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be interesting. So, um, I guess we're we're getting close to being done here. I don't know if we take any questions from the chat. Uh, was there anything else you guys want to talk about before we look to see if there's any questions in there? Uh, nope. No. Anybody else uh, tried the Dizidia? You know, the Final Fantasy fighting game, Dissidia. Anybody else getting that beta? That game I looks actually, cool. I haven't tried it though. I, I signed up, but I didn't get in the beta. I, no, I, I got the beta. It. Whoa! It. Uh, wow! It's crazy. Like it's good. Uh, you. Can, I think there's. 12 playable characters in the beta and it's like one from each final fantasy and it's good but uh, there, i don't think there's any villains i think it's all heroes that you play as but uh it's good it, graphically it is mind melting it is <laughs> gorgeous nice that's awesome those original games are only on psp right yep. yes yeah, yeah i remember the, that the uh, first first two uh Dizidaya and dewey decium so that's pretty big for fans of that series yeah wow. it, it strangely though plays exactly the same like better because now we have a second stick but it's still the exact same like brave attack health attack system and everything cool uh let's see hey that's a cool question why do each of you like nintendo i feel like that's kind of easy though because most of us are older so we remember the old <laughs> nintendo which cool. is it's it's hard to it's hard to not hate nintendo if you're like older and you were like around during the nintendo and super nintendo days i i think <laughs> my thing is i just like the games they're making now i feel like i was not 
I wasn't on the Nintendo bandwagon. Like GameCube's fine. GameCube has great games, but I wasn't really on the the GameCube bandwagon. I wasn't really on the Wii bandwagon, and I wasn't really on the Wii U bandwagon. But the Switch just has cool games that you can't play anywhere else. I play so much freaking Splatoon two even now. It's like, and I'm only gonna play that one place. That's gonna make me a fan of the system. See, I actually, I actually like the GameCube a lot. Uh, I had a P, I had a PS2 and an Xbox. Actually, the first one I got was a GameCube. Then I got an Xbox. Believe it or not, then I got a PS2. So I was like way back on the PS2. Um, but that that's let me go into that library even to this day. I didn't, I didn't even find out about what was it, Rogue Galaxy until like the 360 came out. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of games I can still go back to. But I actually like the GameCube a, a lot. I, I really. See, I, I I had a 64, but man, did I I caved to that PS1 and I played the PS1 so much. Yeah, there were just so many games on that system. That's the thing. So many games on that system, right? I have a huge, <laughs> huge PS1 collection, obviously. Yeah, and then I'm sure, like Dave, I'm sure you were uh, you probably yeah. were a big fan of Nintendo back in the day. I'm 37. I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 37, and uh, I first started playing like on Commodore 64 and Atari, and uh, I was like, yeah, these are good, but I was like three years old, <laughs> and then, then when the NES came out in 85, I fell in love, and that was my, ever since, you know, I've gotten every Nintendo system day one. Yeah, gaming kind of crashed back then, too, man. That was like yeah. uh, the dark days. <laughs> the the <laughs> of, crash uh, of 86, yeah, which, yeah. Which is why Nintendo was selling their stuff as a toy instead of as a console. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, yeah. though. What about you, Philip? I'm uh, I'm 28, so I think I'm just right at that like mm-hmm. sweet spot for the SNES, I guess, yeah. and NES. Um, and so I was SNES I was born. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's like still today. Like the SNES is one of my favorite consoles, not just because of like um, the games on it and stuff, but just because of the fact that it was my first exposure to video games and stuff. But what's kept me a Nintendo fan and what's kept me on Nintendo's side um for the most part is just that they've always never been afraid to do something different they've never been afraid to be the company that wants to innovate and not follow the other you know crowd or the other trends and stuff so that's always attracted me in just everything in general and so video games of course i want to see some weird stuff so i'm going to play nintendo it definitely makes you keep an eye on them i'll say that when (laughs) when they're doing all this weird stuff right when they see some weird stuff you should you have a vita yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, then. You know how about that? Well, <laughs> before we leave with them, dude. <laughs> Nintendo, let's not forget that right before they were producing uh, video games, this is one of the last things they made right before they started making the original NES. Look mm. at their logo. I think this was 19... Like Their, their logo just says NG, Nintendo game. They wow. were making gambling games. This is actually like an original first printing Actual American Nintendo game. It's gambling. That's what kids love is blackjack. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. All the Jolly Ranchers on black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting all the candy. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so funny. Um, that's great. Uh, is there any other questions in the chat? Hmm. No, Dave already explained what's going on in the beginning of the video. Yeah, just rewind it. Yeah, he already explained. <laughs> He picked out moderators, and uh, we're all we're mostly all waiting for an announcement. That is all. So yes, yeah. Um, oh, when when do you think a Nintendo Direct will show up? I mean, it's we're actually overdue for one right now. Believe it or not, we've been we we've been overdue for about a week now. I think so. I don't know. Maybe I don't even know when Nintendo Directs usually happen at this time. I feel like it's usually in September at some point. 
So I, I assume maybe second or third week in September. Although who knows? They they announced the Tender Rex on Monday for like Wednesday. So who knows? Uh, Batman and Guardians. Yes, those are technically coming to the Switch because one of their uh, developers, spokesperson, whoever, uh, said it's all showing up on the Switch. So it is which happening. Is, which is those are cool, pretty game. Their games, yeah. Yeah, and they're like the least demanding engine ever. I mean, they literally some of their games run on cell phones. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, Injustice Two looks pretty good on cell phones. I mean, if they can do that, you know. Yeah. Um, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion would be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing that come over, but uh, I have a question about you. I have no idea what's taking ukulele so long to come out on the Switch. It almost doesn't make sense for them to even bring it anymore because it's it it got kind of beaten up by reviewers. Wait, did you you reviewed that, didn't you, Max? Yeah, I think I gave it a six or a seven. It got beat up by a lot of reviewers. I will say that. What um, was the main problem with the game? Uh, so the okay, so a lot of platformers like that they work on a thing where you have twelve worlds. Usually, have like ten or twelve worlds, and it keeps things varied up. The way they tried to do this to save budgeting is there's five worlds that expand. So every time you go to a place, it starts out as this teeny tiny little map, and you solve a couple puzzles, and you find these pages. These like these living pages. And it's you like can the puzzle pieces of banjo. Yeah. yeah. You basically choose to buy the next world, which is like 10, or you can choose to upgrade your current world, which is five pages. And you need all the pages eventually to beat the game. But it ends up making it where you have to go back and stay in a world. You always end up staying in a world a little bit longer than you want. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And it, it's, they, they left, um, they, they, they basically took the Banjo Kazooie formula and didn't try to do anything to change it, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which, uh, I had a lot of problems with the controls occasionally, too. There's like a, a slight delay on the super jump. You basically like hold crouch and he goes on his tail, and then you press like jump and he does like the super backflip. And there's a couple puzzles where there'll be like flame torches flying at you, and you have to perfectly do it several times in a row. And there'd be times where I literally did nine perfectly, and the tenth one I screwed up. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, oh. I think if, if Nintendo bought that company or made them, you know, that their own game with it, it could have been a lot better, probably. Yeah. Okay, so somebody was asking this in the chat about NBA 2K18. So Friday, uh, I've already talked about this a bit. Uh, Friday, the uh, Nindies at Night will be in PAX West. So if you're out there, you might as well go because it's open to the public. But they're going to show off for the first time on the Switch NBA 2K18, which everyone's really curious about, and they're going to show off Rocket League there. Mm-hmm. Those are the first time we've seen either of those in motion or, or played at all on the Switch. So, And a lot of times, I remember they do this most years, but uh, they usually, a lot of times, something new gets announced there for the indie market. So we might see some new indie stuff. I really want to see Golf Story. I keep talking about it, but I haven't seen anything new about it. Mm. Um, and uh, that's it's going to be interesting. They're going to do a live stream. I'll stream it for fun. But uh, they'll do a live stream where they talk to developers and do like deep dives on some of the games, which will be cool. Um, Stardew Valley will probably be there, but they're in testing phase right now for Stardew Valley for co-op on the Switch. Which so, I'm so, so freaking hyped for. You actually might. Uh, this is really funny. Um, I kept bugging them, and they actually sent me a message back. This is actually really funny. Um, they, uh, We may see the announcement uh, very close to release date. So they'll announce it, and it might come out like two weeks later. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's like that, yeah. Um but they are in testing right now. They just don't want to uh, get ahead of testing. They don't want to say a release date before they're sure everything works. Apparently, yeah. co-op is taking longer than they thought it would. Yeah. Well, and testing is always such a freaking ball of noodles. I had a friend who uh, did testing for Gearbox for a lot of, for a couple of years, and he talked about there was a time when they were just about to launch 
uh, uh, Gears of War. And one of the final tests he was doing was, okay, if I'm loading like checkpoint three from checkpoint one, and he basically was doing every combination, he discovered that if you went from the, the last chapter to the first chapter, it would crash the game. And they ended up having to like redo a bunch of stuff in the last bit. Like, oh God, we destroyed our whole game. Redo everything. This is a question in the super chat actually from uh, Mr. I'm going to attempt to pronounce this name. Uh, Mr. Jintama, Jintama 96. Are you planning to have RGT 85 in future live chat? Yeah, we'll have Sean. We'll have Sean on. We've had him on before, actually. Yeah. Um, we'll have him on again. Though he's 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 a cool dude. Sean Long, he's a cool guy. We'll have him on um in the future. Hopefully, I think his AC's fixed now. I'll have to find out. <laughs> but uh we'll have him on again. There's there's a lot of people we like to have on here for Shane fun. too, yeah. Shane, yes, we'll get we'll get Shane back on here too. Um, but we'll we'll be doing that. There was another another question. Oh, um Skyrim, yeah, Skyrim on the Switch looks to be ridiculous, by the way. People are asking about it. Uh yeah, that, believe it or not, might end up being Minus the mods, the best version of Skyrim to play because it's portable. And it looks like, from a lot of the videos that I've seen, it looks like they're using the special edition uh, textures and lighting and stuff. Did you notice that, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, it looks just like it. Yeah, that I was very impressed. Be, that may be the, 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 the most the X1's been pushed so far, that Tegra X1, because I am shocked at how smooth that game runs. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, that was the thing I was tweeting about it the other day. I said I think it looks the like the best looking Switch game there is right now. You know, just in my opinion. <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like, um, seriously, to see like if I go back two years, year and a half when the X one came out, there's no way I would have said Skyrim is going to be running on something that consumes 15 watts of power <laughs> when yeah. the 360 had a power brick that was consuming uh 100 watts of power. <laughs> so. I don't think that's they did a really uh, good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that's amazing. If you really consider that. Um. Uh, let's see. Warrior Men Zero. Do you guys think Sony will announce a PlayStation hybrid this year to undercut Nintendo? Uh, probably not. Honestly, Sony. While they have a lot of money, there's really no reason. Really, money from their PlayStation division. Uh, I don't think they have any reason to jump in on that because Nintendo pretty much has that under control. And then here's the other thing: they would have to explain how a hybrid system is not a competitor to their PlayStation Four. Whereas well, Nintendo is on the other side of the fence saying it is. We we could end up just seeing something like, I, I wouldn't be totally blown away if, if the PlayStation 5 is a Super Vita. Like, mm, it just yeah. seems like we're entering a weird space that as consoles get more tinier and more power efficient, if it can be a handheld, why not be a handheld? You know? yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many of these, how many of these systems do you think are really going to look at 8K as being needed? right now i think they're going to conquer 4k and then they're going to look at possibly convenience factor because really uh honestly at this point convenience is massive to a lot of people i mean some people see it as a bigger deal to have that system portable than to like reach 4k visuals at this point dude you just announced a new xbox game conquer 4k <laughs> That's what we need, man. Heard it here first. <laughs> A Spawncast exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think game developers and 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 uh, console makers right now are realizing that a big part of their demographic is people in their 30s, and a lot of people in their 30s actually do work desk jobs and have to do business trips and stuff. And if you have a console that you can actually take with you on your plane, that is a must-buy console. Yeah, it's hilarious. I actually put this out on Twitter. I said, I think a lot of people are, are really looking at the Switch, and they think it's more for kids, but the more I use my Switch, the more I talk to some people in, like, everyday life that have a Switch, 
it seems more like it's geared towards adults that cannot be in front of the TV as much as they'd like to be. And it's something you could take around with you in the house. Or like you said, Max, if you're going somewhere, like if I'm going to a convention, the Switch is going with me. Like it's, I'm I, not going to be like, how am I going to get this PS4 hooked up to a hotel TV? I'm gonna so I went to a, a convention uh, last week and I went to two conventions this week because I'm a, a madman who hates sleep apparently. Uh, but I went to this giant convention uh, here in Dallas. It's like a big anime and gaming convention called A-Fest. And I brought my Switch and in the hotel room, we're like, I was hanging out with these guys dressed as Power Rangers all night, and they had these shot glasses, and so we ended up doing, like, Power Ranger shots. They're like, let's do Drunk Mario Kart, and so we're playing Drunk Mario Kart. I'm like, yes, I'm glad I could just literally toss a tiny little dock, get my tiny little console, wrap it in a shirt, and literally in 30 seconds have this console ready to go, like, and play it all weekend. I would would love to get a poll of the the age group for people who are buying the Switch. I think it would be more – I think people would be surprised at how that graph looks. When we get it back for the people who think it's more kids that are getting the system. I think it's more adults buying it, but I do fully, fully believe it was 100% from the ground up designed for kids. Uh, I've been playing it a lot with my niece and nephew who are uh, seven and nine. And they've taken to it like a fish in water. Like they've never never played a game console before in their life, but they've grown up playing cell phone games. And so there's Mm -hmm. so many small conveniences like the tilt controls in the, the controllers and stuff that like, are fully i mean they they instantly pick it up these kids are playing mario kart like super super hardcore like don't mind doing 20 races in a row and they pick it up they don't know the character's names they don't know the tracks but it's so intuitive to them it's very clearly designed with kids uh, like the cell phone generation of mind oh sure sure i understand that but but the fact that uh, uh it has such a good attached rate to adults at this point yeah i think is uh either it's an accent or they were just designing the switch to be for anybody like anyone yeah. you know yeah. i mean technically you're buying a game system a TV, two controllers, and a way to hook it up to your to your actual TV all in one for three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's kind of impressive. To really consider that. Um, if you're going to go to E3 next year, you you definitely need to take something like that with you to wait in line. Yeah. Those lines are, are rough. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. I, I can't believe they raised it to it. They might be raising it to a million subscribers. A million. I will not be able to get over that. I asked the guy four separate times, be like, to clarify, one million subscribers. <laughs> like, yes, because apparently they just had so many people. Like just so many people trying to get behind the scenes access this year. Now they're really opening up the floodgates. They're like, we have to put the bar high enough that we're not going to spend all day just having like 50 PR people standing behind a curtain. Yeah. That kills me. That kills me inside. It's just, it's nuts. It's, it's one of those, what do they call it? The moving goalpost. We're finally decent sized YouTubers. Like, yeah, we can do this. Oh no, it's way up there now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope they kind of maybe fold on that a little bit. Cause it seems like, for example, Nintendo Life would get no backstage access. There are, there are people who cover a lot of stuff like PS4 and Xbox One as well, but the fact that I would say a lot of these YouTube YouTubers are definitely below a million. Even Game Explain, like I said, is below a million. So yeah, it's, um, well, that would be yeah. tough. And, that, and that's though. definitely – well, even thinking about giant personalities like Greg Miller and Kind of Funny Games, their technical channel only has 250,000 subscribers. Even though a lot yeah. of them have like a million followers on Twitter and they do all this giant press stuff, they're technically smaller potatoes YouTubers. So if that's the only yardstick, they're not going to pass it. I need to get a set like that. I like their set a lot. I need to get yeah. a set like that. It, it looks like really official. Like round table. Yeah. Well, they, they're like their set is really nice on their on their uh, kind of yeah. funny games. Uh, well, I love the giant show. screen, the screen that constantly like, has different slightly shifting backgrounds to different like wallpapers they've bought the rights to use. It's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to do that. I need to like I need to 
I guess run out of studio. I don't know how that works. I don't know. <laughs> right. I need, I need a Patreon their size before I do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Cool. I guess. Uh. I guess we're done then. We went about two hours. Uh. Yeah. About two hours now. So. Um, let's go around the table here. Uh, Max, where can they find you, man? YouTube.com slash DreamcastGuy. Uh, I just broke 70,000 subscribers, so definitely check me out. Uh, right here. I put up a video. I just put up two videos yesterday. Uh, I got to play the Skyrim VR, and I talk about why it's actually trash. And I uh, put up a video <laughs> talking about my full hour with Evil Within 2 and how it's blown me away, and it's now my most anticipated game for 2017. So if you want to see something, go check those out. Cool. All right. Very good. Uh, Philip, where can they find you, man? Uh, nice. You guys can find me here on YouTube on youtube.com slash Philip Mewson. You can look forward to my Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle review, which I'm going to be posting on Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. So definitely check that out if you guys are interested in the game. Um, and also on Twitter, twitter.com slash Philip Mewson as well. Cool. Cool. And then Dave, you're you're making your, your, your comeback, right? Yeah, soon. <laughs> Comeback's happening. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Super Middle Dave sixty four, and at S Middle Dave sixty four on Twitter. And uh, I post news, uh, breaking news, a lot. So I suggest you follow me on Twitter. Yes. And you'll get yes. really quick uh, updates on breaking news. Yes. You guys are want, gonna want to follow Dave. Yes. In the next couple of days, he's got some really cool news coming yep. up. Some big things some, happening. So some, some big live stream is happening. So let's, let's make sure it. you're uh, make sure you're you're keeping an eye out for that because it's gonna be in Dave's words controversial. So yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah. I'm not giving any dates, but it's going to be soon. So just. right. Yeah, we're we're it's just just keep an eye out is what we're saying. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Yes. Keep an eye out. So, uh, but yeah, guys, that's uh oh, someone likes my setup. Don't change. I got to make it look really, really professional. Now. Uh, that's it. That's it for tonight, guys. Thanks for joining us on Spawncast. Despite there being like the fight of the century, that uh, I'm going to tell you now is not going to be that good. Yeah. One person's going to run the other person around the ring for a little while, so everyone gets their money's worth, and then they go to a, a decision, and someone gets their hands raised. That's been doing it for quite a while. We'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> thanks, hey, thanks uh, guys. What, what round are you guys going to vote for? Oh, they're they're going to finish. It's just. Uh, Mayweather will do his usual, you know, dance around the ring, and he'll win by decision. That's, that's okay. what I, I don't think he's going to knock him out. I don't think so. But uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be kind of similar to what happened with uh, Pacquiao, I believe. So that's my that's my uh, that's my thought there. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe McGregor kind of gets himself tired out, and maybe he does get knocked out. <laughs> um, we'll see. But that those are my thoughts. Why did you guys have a prediction on it? I I don't. I did see a really funny. Uh, Twitter video though, and it says what we are in for tonight, and it shows these two really skinny guys in black. It, it's like old black and white video, like clearly a really early boxing days. And this guy comes out with these skinny little arms and is playing techno. It's like it's like just dancing around each other, and no one's actually hurting each other at all. Like, yep, that's what you're gonna see. Yeah, I think just watch out for round three. If it ends in round three, then you know something's up. Oh yeah. The, uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Fixed type thing, you know. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That way, everybody, then you get a big rematch, and everybody really wins. Yeah, watch out for that. So yeah, they're already getting massive amounts of money, aren't they? So who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, what do you what are you thinking, Philip? I don't know, man. I was really just kind of disappointed with the last um, big fight. What was it? It was Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather, right? So that was, that was like the big, big one they did. He also fought someone else that wasn't very good. <laughs> Everyone was so amped up about that, and then it just turned out to be yeah. just a really big disappointment, so I'm not even hyped up about okay, this good. right now. That, that's a good thing to do. Just, just yeah. check out of it completely so you don't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I wish you were live streaming. I wish I could watch you watch it. That would yeah, be watch it all. <laughs> <laughs> just see it spawn way, but like, ooh! Ooh, I ooh. tune into that for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs>
ahead. That's uh, that's great. But yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us Saturday night. Um, we'll do it again next week, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's that 6 p.m. Pacific. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time.